The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces Way of Life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Am I supposed to be silent right now? It doesn't matter. You can give me a heads up. No, it <laughs> doesn't matter. You're not going to do what you're told anyways. Well, you know, I try, but I don't know if we're actually... This thing told me it was recording the whole time, so... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you've already surmised, this is, of course, the Solid 7 Podcast, a better-than-average podcast, if I do say so myself. And I do. I am your... Not so humble host, Kale, and you know him, you love him, you already heard him. Mike Redacted, back on the podcast here with us. Welcome back, sir. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Overdue. I feel like this has been longer than normal since you've made an appearance here on the podcast. So You know, it's, I'm sure you're just as busy as I am. Actually, I know you are because I mean, you text all the time. So, like, um, yeah, it's I, time flies, man. I don't even remember the last time I came on. Uh, well, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But well, the, the last time you popped up here on the podcast was actually our drive home from Sandlot Jacks. Oh, so it was uh, April then. Yeah. What's my average? I don't know how often am I normally on. I don't know. I think, I, I think um, my math on regulars is I try and cycle through the stable of regulars like every 13 weeks-ish. Uh Becca's usually a little heavier in that rotation, but um, I've had just such an embarrassment of riches in the booking area lately uh, with Mm, these new guests and big guests uh, that it just spreads, spread things out some more. And so here we sit. I am happy to fill the gap when you got a dry week and you're like, yo, bro. <laughs> this, hey, you're not a filler. You're a feature, man. Okay. And I just made that saying up on the fly. And that's just a sign of the quality professional, professional podcaster Absolutely. that I am. Well, of course, as a regular, sir, you know that first things are first around here. And that is that we, we are, of course, as always, fueled by Jocko Go. I saw your can already primed and ready, like the regular mm-hmm. guest that you are. Prost. Cheers, sir. Let's go. Ah, that's good. That's good. It's good stuff. It's good to have you back, man. We were just talking right before we hit the little red button. That uh it's been a while since we've done an episode like this. Just a free form, just uh, the bread and butter of the Solid Seven podcast, just getting together. Talking about, as the old intro used to say, talking about whatever is going on in the world that interests us. And so, been a lot of interview format uh, episodes recently. I'm actually recording out of order right now, which always throws me off. So, uh, I actually recorded the episode after you that will come after you. I recorded yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that was, uh, I can't remember if I've actually told, I think I've told the listeners this is coming, but... It's uh, Daniel Harmon and uh, and Johnny from Tuttle Twins TV. It was an absolute oh, blast. Cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good time. Very so cool. 
that'll drop. That'll be the next episode. But had a great time recording with them. But haven't done haven't done current events or anything or entertainment or any of that well, for a bit now. You know, like you said, it, it's a I guess it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like maybe you're you've gone away from it not being a show about any one thing, right? To you've got actual like legit people who you want to talk to. Harkens back to my own like very first episode many many moons ago where I actually had to kind of talk about my bona fides, right? My biography a little bit. Now yeah. I just, as we said before we started, pontificate on stuff that we don't know anything about. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, if you're new to the podcast, which is entirely possible, maybe you've come to us through uh, one of these recent guests that have been on, and that's how you found us. Mike Redacted, obviously one of our regulars. He is the OG Patreon supporter. Uh, good buddy oh, of mine for a long time now and uh, been on the podcast lots and lots and lots of times. And uh, if you want to know kind of Mike's background, you can scroll back through the old uh, episode list and find his very first one. But uh, currently working it was like four or five. Yeah, it was pretty early on. It was pretty early. And uh, so Mike's a, a husband, a dad, a law enforcement officer, which is why we kind of tongue in cheek refer to him as Mike redacted a uh, combat veteran three tours in Iraq. If I am remembering my uh, Mike redacted Correct. origin story correctly yeah. and uh, just an all around fun and interesting guy. And uh, speaking I'm not, uh, of, uh, oh, actually here, incorrect on that last part. Here we go. Okay. Here we go with the <laughs> false humidity. Humility. <laughs> I was going to say false humidity. There's nothing false about our humidity here. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Oh my gosh, man! It's been brutal lately, but I guess it's that's everywhere. Normally, now. that's a little unique to us here in Florida, but uh, everybody's getting their fair share of it this summer. Yeah, the whole record-breaking stuff's been hitting pretty hard and heavy, but oh mercy, it's been bad. Here. Yeah, I heard. It's just the humidity here is just so bad. It's like you you can't. So I went shooting this morning with your with your audio producer, and uh, at eight thirty in the morning, we were just drip sweating yeah. from just standing in the sun. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. No, it's 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 too much right now. I mean, it's heat warnings every day, and everybody's got it hot right now. I don't know that everybody's dealing with the humidity that we that we do here in Florida. Right. Yeah, and that's just it's a, it's a different beast. Yeah, and that's one of those things that annoys me so much. Like, I don't mind being hot and sweaty if I'm doing something, if I'm being active, if I'm like working in the yard, right. if you're earning it. But to mm -hmm. just be still and sweat. Uh, it's just yeah. one of my all-time least favorite things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Which, you know, I, I learned from our the honorable representative uh, from Minnesota, Ilan Omar, that this is the hottest the temperatures have been in 120,000 years. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Yeah. All those I records just, going back that far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, things get a little fuzzy before the invention of, you know, thermometers or you know, writing oh. to tr keep track of things. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's right. an, that record is an impressive, impressive feat. I, I, yeah. I don't know what, what to make of, I don't know what to make of all that. I don't, we've never really talked. Whatever, what are you supposed to call it now? Is it, it's not global warming anymore. Is it, is it still climate change or have we moved on from that? I think, it, I think they've gone down to climate change, right? Because then it encompasses all different weather changes. And, uh, it's so easy in a, in a hot, hot summer like this for the activists to kind of get on board with the whole climate change idea. But uh, I don't know. The data 
it's as with everything, man, everything's so politicized. Like you got one camp who pushes articles saying, yeah, it's real. And then you got another camp saying it's not. I actually read a lengthy, lengthy thing on, uh, I think it was justfacts.org breaking down the climate science. And it's like, all right. Well, it looks like according to them, it's not legitimate, but you know, yeah, you know, well, I don't know. And I'm not a climatologist. That's one of those things. Like I, I talked when we had Steph Gaudreau on, right. With like nutrition science, like whatever you want to be, pick your fad, whatever you want to be into, you'll find legitimate credentialed yeah. experts that will back what you think is healthy, right. unhealthy. Like there's just, as much as, you know, they refer to things in various arenas as settled science. When you go looking for the settled science, yeah. good luck finding it. And right. it's, it's the same thing on climate stuff. Like we've been fed for so long, you know, yeah. I was, I was able to watch Captain Planet just like you. So we've been fed that this is, <laughs> is, right. is you know, it's one of those things where the vast majority of, or any legitimate, and you know, these words get thrown around, but they're kind of puffery, you know, it's like world's best coffee, right? right. Uh, well, what's, yeah. what's your litmus test for legitimate there? Because you can find, there are a lot of legitimate credentialed professionals who are like, well, no, that doesn't really work that way. Or, you know, you know, like just contrary to what we're told is, is the yeah. popular belief. And like, it's not that I, I don't believe in climate change. That's, that's what gets thrown at anybody who goes along with the narrative is that you're a science denier. Clearly the climate mm -hmm. on the planet changes over time. I mean, I, right. Yeah. It's just, it's how much of our, our involvement in man is causing said climate change. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it was, I think middle school science where you learned that it's just like when you spin a top, like the access doesn't stay stationary. There's a little wobble at the top right. and the earth the same way. So mm -hmm. that degree of our tilt is changing all the time. So that enough, that degree of change in the angle at which we face the sun is enough to create these shifts. So it's like whether or not yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's faster, whether or not we have any impact on it, uh, it's just insane to me. And it, yeah, it, and it's one of those things. It's like uh, how we can't predict like micro changes and stuff. How are we going to predict like a big macro thing like that? I don't. I don't know. It's just it, there's so much stuff out there, and and honestly, there are so many pressing issues out there that. I, all I know is hot as hell outside. <laughs> I don't and, know what to tell you. What's funny is like you, um, you go back and look at, um, you know, old copies of magazines, whether they were science-based, whether I, I'm not going to cite the right ones. I, I could look up and find it, but we're just not that podcast, right? I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't have a Jamie sitting off, off camera here with a, a computer. Not yet. But you can find these covers and these articles that talk about like our coming ice age. Right. And, f and this is in like the 70s. It's not that long ago. And floating plans to like coat the ice caps in soot to heat them to help prevent this coming ice age. And that was the, that was the best science of yeah. the time. That was the best understanding. Yeah. And, you know, you go back. Uh, hey, trust the science, scale. Yes. <laughs> I'm old <laughs> enough to remember Al Gore, you know, just after he invented the Internet. Uh, becoming, I, I think he won like an Oscar or something for an inconvenient truth, which was his yes. big, you know, climate warming, climate change, global warming, whatever it wanted to be. And that thing's like 20 plus years old now. 
and like none of the predictions oh, yeah. hit. None of it's, and he's still well, beating that right. drum, still cashing in yeah. on that. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, he's getting his paychecks that way, <laughs> so of course. So, and but I, yeah, I mean, it's to your point. It's just like uh, th- these are recurring things. Yeah. You know, and well, it's just these cycles. I, I don't know. Even like John Kerry was in the news this past week, um, which I mean, is there a more boring human being on the planet Earth? Like, I just. Oh, did. gosh. <laughs> but, there are so many boring people. But, you know, he's supposed, <laughs> he is absolutely boring. He's I do not like that. Yeah, man. he's supposed to be our climate czar or whatever he is now. I don't even know what official title he holds. Um, but he's testifying before Congress and, you know, he's out there beating this climate change drum and, um, and like, so somebody in the congressional hearing, like calls him out on traveling in his private jet and and he's there testifying. He's like, Oh, you're like, you don't even have your facts straight. I don't, I don't have a private jet. And so they press him on it. He's like, well, I mean, my wife owns, she owns private jet. I don't own one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was flying in my wife's, you know, so it's better. It's okay. Good lord! And it, it's the hypocrisy surrounding the whole yeah. thing is is great because it, it's no different than any one of these things, right? Like, uh, who was that terribly annoying teenager that was going around Greta something? <laughs> um, I mean, she was flying around the globe. Oh and all these yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Greta and, uh, Thun, Thunberg or Thunberg. Thurn something, whatever. Yeah. Terribly annoying teenager that I'm glad has gone away. Um, it's kind of the same nonsense, you know. It's like they're jet setting this teenage girl around to cry about the climate. You know, but on that, so I give her a little bit more of a pass, not for long, and her pass might be over with me. But that poor girl, who I believe is is autistic. I mean, everybody's autistic these days, but I, I think somewhat more legitimately. And had just been so misled and so propagandized by her parents and the adults in her life. That that little girl is feeling like this genuine fear, like this existential threat of climate. Like gen like I think she was genuine in like, you've stolen my future, you've wrecked my life, the whole how dare you, which gets mocked and and let's be honest, let's it's funny. Um, but I, I think she was genuine <laughs> in those be. things and just so like I She's been around for a while now, so she's older. So there's a point where she's responsible for her own words and actions. But I mean, she was just parrot, like just straight parroting garbage that had just been pumped into her head. I felt, I felt bad for the kid. She was just being used. You know, this is, I'll be honest with you, this is a little bit of an aside. Um, I, I was really using her annoying. The, the, as an example of the hypocrisy of it. But I, I actually appreciate the fact that you're looking at this rationally and you're pointing out the fact that, you know, you're right. You know, this is just a child that's being highly politicized and really used uh, to further their agenda. And uh, yeah, I do. You're right. It's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. And but, but then at the it's same, not that surprising that yeah. she does believe it so strongly. And then still troubling when it's like, um, uh, and you know what? I think she was at least uh, intellectually honest enough where I think a lot of times when she was traveling like between continents and stuff, I think she traveled by ship, which again, uh, some of that stuff was probably, uh, you know, admitting more CO2 or greenhouse gases or whatever. But I know John Kerry's jet in particular, uh, you know, like in a flight would emit more carbon than you or I and our entire households would in a year. 
Well, you know what's funny is that the, from the stuff that I've read about it, and here I go pontificating on something I'm really not an expert on, but from what I've read about is, uh, you know, carbon is naturally occurring in the environment, right? So it's carbon dioxide, whatnot. And uh, the actual big pusher uh, for our, or the big contributing factor in the whole thing is, is methane, and that comes from uh, agriculture, like uh, cows. So yeah. I remember reading something somewhere saying that if we switch to kangaroo meat, it, it would actually dramatically change that. Yeah. And, we and hey, listen, that's better than those bug steaks that they're, you know, Bill yeah, Gates well, is trying to push on. That us. ain't no lie. Well, ain't he a picture of health? But yeah, we, we talked about that some. <laughs> yes. uh, back when uh, Jeff Smith came on the podcast from Colorado Craft Beef, we talked about that some. And the joke is always that it's car, uh, cow uh, farts, but it's actually cow burps is where that methane comes from. But there, yeah. there's so much science backing up now, and there, there's, there's ranchers um, that are uh, – I can't remember what the terminology is for this. But basically, like, it, it's not the, the CAFO. It's not like the factory farms, but it's smaller operations where the, they're rotating their animals through pastures and stuff like that. And basically, when you're, when you're running livestock the right way – they're actually like carbon sequestering, like they're 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 carbon negative in the way that they interact with the environment when it's in a more natural way. You know, when you're closer to, the, I mean, well, you think about like, and I think we might have talked about this with, with Jeff Smith, but like the buffalo herds that used to roam the plains of the Americas, sure. I, I believe were larger than what we see with the cattle heart, cattle population now. You know, and I would believe that. And where yeah. was the where was the climate change? Where was the global warming? But of course, yeah, I want to say actually the 1800s were yeah. actually a, a cool period, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend to know. Well, so, did. for the sake of our argument, I'm going to say yeah. I think they were. I think. Yeah, I, think yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> so yeah, somebody sure check. Somebody fact check that. <laughs> uh, Jamie. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, when we get these, like, oh, storms are getting more frequent and bigger and stronger, and then the next thing you know, you see somebody breaking down the data of, like, no, they're they're not more frequent. They're not. It's it's so annoying. Yeah. It's an annoying uh, time to be alive. Talk about storms, man. We're in the middle of hurricane season, and we have not had one yet. Uh, the, actually, the first name one formed in the Atlantic today. Yeah, but that's not going to come hit us. Yeah, it's that's up stay. in, like, the northeast or whatever. Yeah, it's going to stay. Well, not even. It's going to stay out over water, so. Which hey, I'll, it's like I'll, Don or something. Yeah, I think. yeah. So I'll take those. Which I guess it couldn't be the first named one if it's Don, right? What happened to A, B, and C? Yeah, I don't think that was a first name one because I want to say that we had one not that long ago. That I, I mean, it hit us here in Florida. I wonder if That's they. I, I just don't want to go on hurricane duty. That's all I'm saying. If they name <laughs> them once they hit tropical, is that named burned if it never makes it to hurricane? I guess it is, right? I guess. If in fact this is the first name storm, which you, I'm sure you're right, um, then that that's probably a reasonable explanation. <laughs> it's it's a funny thing. Like storms were always, uh, you know, for those of you that that don't live someplace that can get hit by a hurricane or, or a cyclone, um, you know, you just kind of it's just a reality. It's just that you live with, and I mean most most places have their their flavor of natural disaster threat, right? You know, tornadoes or earthquakes or everybody's kind of got their, their little special mm -hmm. thing. And, and ours is hurricanes. And so, um, you know, we just kind of live with this. It's just kind of a normal thing, but it was always, you know, 
storms were named, you know, they named the storms, but they were always women's names. And now we've included men's names. I just think it's a funny thing to choose to care about. Like, can't some traditions just... Were they always women's names? They were always women's names. When did that change? Wait, or no, maybe they were always... What am I thinking of? Because now I'm thinking, well, no, Andrew was a man's name. Yeah. Am I making things up? Should we even be podcasting tonight? Oh, my (laughs) lord. <laughs> uh, no, there was something with this. Okay, I'm 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 gonna I'm actually gonna Google something. Gendered storm names. Let's see what we get. Because hey, I thought there was some reporting about this. Gender their names. Maybe maybe the storms identify one way as the other. <laughs> okay, the first thing that came up. This is from I don't know this website. This isn't what I was looking for, but this is interesting. So this is from. PNAS.org. I don't know what the PNAS stands for. This is just uh, Bing feeding me like the little teaser at the top. Feminine named Hurricane. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who uses Bing? I'll tell you who <laughs> uses you use Bing. As you're searching? I'll tell you who uses Bing. One, it's not that bad. <laughs> B, you like if you use it, you get like Microsoft rewards points and you can straight cash that stuff in for like Amazon gift cards. Really? There it is. Okay. Yep. All right, you sold me. There it is. <laughs> That's exactly uh, IT Eric, who we occasionally talk about here uh, on the podcast. He's a good buddy of mine and uh, another one of our Patreon supporters. But IT Eric turned me on to that. He's like, you know, if you search on Bing, you get rewards points and you can use them for like real things. I'm like, okay, they can pay me to search. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I just, when you said that, I thought you were talking about like Alta Vista or something for a second there. <laughs> Uh, it's reminding me of a great joke uh, from Parks and Rec when uh, the character Ben is just baffled that everybody in Pawnee uses Alta Vista. He's like, what is this, like 1995? <laughs> Anyways, so the little blurb here from this website is feminine named hurricanes versus masculine named hurricanes, of course, cause significantly more deaths, apparently because they lead to lower perceived risk and consequently less preparedness. <laughs> oh my god I, you know that's the kind of ridiculous thing that's probably true because people are just silly like that using <laughs> using names I believe it. well what's funny is like the most uh damaging storms that come to mind for me as a floridian are like andrew names. charlie ian yeah. So yeah. So PNAS.org, you might be full of crap. Using names such as Eloise or Charlie for referencing hurricanes has been thought by meteorologists to enhance the clarity and recall of storm information. I don't know, what point are you people trying to make? Let's see if I was right. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds sketch. I don't know. Pro science. <laughs> You know, it's okay, funny. Okay, that you hang on. The, the, the very reputable history.com title of the article oh, okay. here from June of this year Why Hurricanes and Tropical Storms Were Only Named After Women. Oh, uh, this sounds like okay. this might be some wokey stuff going on here. The subtitle is Personal Vendettas Played Out in the Names of Hurricanes. Um, could anything think think about your experiences in real life, both with women and with hurricanes, could anything be more terrifying than like a category four or five bearing down on where you live and it's named Amanda? I'm just saying, (laughs) all right. 
Tropical Storm Emily surprised Florida. We're just going to, readers, you just, or listeners, you just get to come along with us. I'm just going to peruse this. When did this change? Storm names weren't always so equally divided by gender. From roughly 1953 to 1979, U.S. hurricanes and tropical storms were actually only named after women. So it was a thing, just not during our lifetime. There you have it. So I'm calling that a win. I'm saying I'm choosing to take that as I was right. Yeah, I'd call that a win. That's a random factoid that, that you threw out there that ended up being correct. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead and stop reading this article at the line that says, for at least 150 years, storm names were fraught with racism, sexism, personal preferences, and vendettas. They had racist storm names? Yeah. Like, what they, would they call them? Their names have also been borrowed from places and saints, wives and girlfriends, and disliked public figures. Sounds like... Sounds like... It was all just, just a bunch of names. And yeah, it's probably like a crapshooter. Like, just it's a name, and then people have kind of. I'm just really curious. Like, what what racist name would you? Ask, Let me see if they. If, well, I, I want to see if they even give an example here. Except for if I read I'm it on the so podcast, I am probably canceled. Uh, let's see. Once these storms, da, 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 da. it's see. just a, just an ended with an A, not a hard ER. Once these storms took on female names, weathermen, <laughs> weathermen began talking about them as if they were women. They used sexist cliches to describe their behavior, saying that this one was temperamental or that another was teasing or flirting with a coastline. Somebody I got, mean, are, are those gendered adjectives? Somebody got Maybe paid to... What's funny is, to me, what's sexist here is assuming that these words are all closely associated with women. That, well, that's what, yeah, right? You're being uh, an anti-sex, you're anti-woke right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> uh, the yeah. world we live in today. You know, you know what's... I was born too late. You know what's offensive, really, genuinely, is that someone was paid to write this article. That offends me. Man, it could have been an intern, though. I mean, you know, there's a, there's plenty of hungry workers out there that do stuff for free. But yes, the fact that it's published is is that on history.com? That was history.com. That was that was last month. It was Ju- June of this year. That one was published. So that is heartbreak. All that to say, without pulling up the charts and the data, like just the feel, just the feel of it, right? Because that's anecdotal, but the, you know, there's it's not like there's nothing to it. But you and I, we live in Central Florida. I don't feel yeah. I don't feel like the frequency or severity's been any worse than we've ever dealt with. No, actually, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you go it's back to when, when was Charlie? Two thousand four. We had like three hurricanes hit that summer. Yeah, four. So. And even then, when we've had many, and I, I'm thinking just in my law enforcement career, like the times where I've been on hurricane duty multiple times in the same year, we haven't had a catastrophic storm, at least for Central Florida, in the last 15 plus years. I mean, you've had a couple where you've knocked power lines down, but it's not, it's not been like crazy. Not Certainly not to the levels of Charlie. Yeah. I mean, heck, I wouldn't even, in, I was in Iraq when Charlie hit. But I came, I came back on like mid tour leave, and I'm like, "Why are all these pine trees like knocked down? Like, yeah. What happened?" I'm like, "Oh, there was a massive hurricane. Well, <laughs> and, that's what happened." That one, man. The the power outages were the bigger deal. I mean, there was significant storm yeah. damage, but the power outages were extended. 
Yeah. It was a long yeah, time. They were, they were long. That was, there was <laughs> we a, were talking with somebody the other day that they actually were referencing that they haven't been without power for like 30, 34 days, I think they said. Like right Probably. now, like actively? Or no, like during, during the gotcha. uh, Charlie, I think yeah. they were talking about. Yeah, we. But like, can you imagine being without power for a month? Oh, it's it, no. it, it boggles my mind that this state was settled before air conditioning was created. I know, right? Like people were just harder. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You just get used to it. You know, it's funny you say that. So I'm rewatching John Adams right now, and I'm just like looking at the, the period dress that they wear. You know, and it's like how how freaking hot were they like all the time? in those crazy like wool suits layered yeah. with vests and wear jackets and wigs. That's just, yeah. Bugs the mind. I don't get it. I mean, I guess that societal norms are societal norms, but I just like, I, I look at that and I, like, I just can't wrap my brain about it. Like right now I almost entirely refuse to ever wear a tie because a tie serves no purpose. It's pure peacocking. It's not holding anything up. It's not holding anything on. Nothing. A tie does nothing. It's just for looks. Well, I mean, the same could be said about that suit jacket that's hanging up right there, right? Like, Well, it depends. If it's cool, it's at least providing warmth. True. The tie does nothing. It's not, the, tie's not a, the tie's not a scarf. Happened. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No one should ever wear a suit jacket in Florida. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you there. Yeah. A rain jacket. But I literally now wear a tie every day. Yeah. Rain jackets again, frequently, so. but right. Which you have to. But if you said, hey, I'm cool, I'll wear the tie. But can anybody tell me why I've got to wear the tie? Nobody will be able to give you a logical answer. It serves no purpose. It'd be interesting to go back and see the history of like, when did the tie like become the thing, you know? Yeah, because going back to the John Adams thing, they didn't wear ties. They had like the ascot looking things. Mm-hmm. But, those, like, when did the tie come around? And I mean, I, I would imagine maybe those served some purpose. Like they weren't just dandies. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I would wager and this is again me pontificating, just based on because I was thinking about their attire and how sweaty and hot they had to be. Because also they didn't they didn't like wash stuff as much as we do now, you know, it's not like you threw it in the dirty clothes hamper and the machine hit it up. Um, how badly they smell. Yeah. So I wonder if those like ascots were like undershirts, maybe they changed their undershirts, but they didn't wash the suits. I mean, heck, I, I don't wash my suits hardly. I, yeah. I mean, the jacket gets pressed like once a year. I don't wear them, you know, all that much, but same thing. Yeah. It's funny. It's, I, I, let's just pause to give the John Adams miniseries, the reverence it's due. Cause it's fantastic. Oh man. So good. And the, so good. The beauty of a period piece like that is that it holds up for so long. Forever. Like it basically, I, well, until like so the technology uh, surpasses to where you can just tell visually from how it's shot and presented that it's old, but otherwise you're, you're good to go. And, uh, man, yeah. it's, it's funny. I, I was actually just talking with the guys from Tuttle twins about how, how much I want to see John Adams in an episode. And of course, Paul Giamatti is the archetype. Like he is John Adams in my head. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, he freaking nailed that part. Nailed it. It, it was so good. Yeah. I, and I think, uh, David Morse nailed, um, Washington. I would have, I know, I know, uh, 
John Adams is based off of the, the biography, but I would have loved to see a spinoff of Adam Washington. Dude, he you know? like he so nailed good. Washington. Like no one should ever play Washington again. No. Yeah, he killed that that role. Though I'll tell you, like obvious, he you know, like it, it's hard to match, right? Because Washington was a, a tall uh, white dude. But I'll, I'll tell you who who carried it, who I really liked in the role, um, was the guy that played Washington in Hamilton, like the original Broadway cast. If you go and watch that, because they taped it with the original cast, you can watch Hamilton on Disney Plus. Um, like that dude carries himself as Washington, like killed it. Like I don't mind that portrayal at all. But as far as like you're looking at this person and you believe you're looking at and hearing George Washington, uh, you just can't mm-hmm. beat his portrayal in, in John Adams. It was just yeah, it was good. And I also what's that dude's name? What's the dude's name that played Hamilton? He's always a bad guy, and so I loved him as oh, Hamilton. Rufus Sewell. Yes, because yeah. uh, despite um, what Lin Manuel would have us believe, uh, Hamilton was a little scumbag, and uh, <laughs> he totally was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and so I love seeing uh, seeing him portray Hamilton. So I'm like, yeah, this feels right. So. Yeah. As being just a conniving kind of like turd, yeah, working in the background. Yeah, still love the production. It's so interesting. Yeah, I still love the production. Uh, you know, he he wasn't. Uh, you know, it's not like there were zero good contributions from him, but uh, he was he was kind of an annoying, egotistical brat. Phenomenal writer, prolific writer, but uh, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, right? Like if you were to apply, you you know unrealistically high standards like no one would ever be like kind of a laudable character so of course alexander hamilton came up with quite a bit that was good but he definitely was a uh conniving uh backroom dealer yeah and i will say you know uh the federal debt comes up all the time these days because it's massive and untenable and you know all the things that are horrible with it and, you know, even here on the podcast, we'll talk about how you can't lay the blame at anybody's feet. Not these days. The, the Republicans spend, the Democrats spend. Uh, it, it's been insane, right? Like, there's no such thing as a fiscal conservative. Uh, you know, the last time we ran a budget deficit was actually under Clinton. Now, that's in large part because Newt Gingrich crammed it down his throat. Um, but... Uh, if if you want to trace it back as far as it goes and you really want to lay the fault of the federal debt on a person, Hamilton, Hamilton. Hamilton's a pretty good candidate. Yeah. I mean, he was the primary person arguing for a federal debt and that, right and, to establish credit. And a national bank. So which uh you know we talked about with uh last week's guest which i don't know if you've listened to that one if you haven't you should um it's on the list yeah it's uh we had uh, brian DeMint on author of uh bitcoin evangelism and it was it was fantastic and so but we, we talked on there about the country's uh a couple of failed national banks before uh before the fed got started and unfortunately stuck or at least stuck so far so I, I'm actually kind of curious, and maybe this would be a, a you just refer me to the episode. So I remember I read something about um, Robert Kennedy Jr. wanting to back the dollar 
with Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm super annoyed that he made that statement. Explain that. I'm super annoyed that he made that statement after the episode and not before. <laughs> so that I, I well, yeah, I I don't understand so, it. I don't understand Bitcoin well enough. I think to- it's it's not something that we addressed on the podcast. And I, you know, obviously, regular listeners, after you just sat through a couple hours of that, I won't rehash all of the the Bitcoin stuff here for you. But ultimately, like in its source code, like in its genes, Bitcoin is engineered to be a scarce resource. So mm-hmm. there's only like 19 million coins in existence right now. There will only ever be 21 million. Period. So scarcity is built in. Uh, okay. and, and so that's part of, so Brian does a great job in his book, which I recommend to everybody. If you can't afford the hard copy by the softback, if you can't afford the softback, it's five bucks on Kindle. Um, it's, it's attainable. So, uh, but he does a great job of breaking down um, kind of what the characteristics of sound money are. And he goes through, you know, what different forms of, of, of money, of currency, kind of check those boxes. Um, but scarcity is one of those things. And, of course, that's one of the problems with fiat currency, with a, with something that isn't backed, is, you know, printers go right. burr. There can just always be more, and the more there is, the more it devalues it, right? Uh, and that's, when you, okay. that's where you get inflation, or, or part of where you get inf- your inflation from. So um, I hadn't ever, ever heard of the concept of backing current, like, you know, like you would back currency with gold with a precious metal. I hadn't ever right. heard anybody prior to that reporting of RFK floating that, uh, are we supposed to say junior? He's a junior RFK junior. I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody knows the, the well, elders. everyone knows who we're the talking other one's about, dead. Right? So whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, talking about Bobby Kennedy here. I hadn't had that floated. And so, you know, I haven't seen, any real it's a it's a tough thing to get an educated take on right because bitcoin's still so new of a concept and a technology even you know despite being birthed in 2009 um you know it's still not even at its its pinnacle of of just kind of public awareness and usage and and stuff like that so and there's just so many different takes again from relatively informed people of course there's there's people whose knowledge is you know internet meme knowledge and stuff like that but when you try and br- you know brush all the the bros uh, aside rather they're girls or guys that kind of the, you know there's there's plenty of people that talk about bitcoin you know like an ex-college football player talks about supplements and working out right that's that's what i'm saying here so but when you get into people who are, are actually the equivalent of like trained and experienced economists really when you're dealing you set something new like Bitcoin aside, you still don't have economists who agree. I mean, they, they split on all kinds right. of things. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got your Keynesians, Keynesians and, you know, your Milton Friedman's. And I mean, it's just, they've all got these crazy credentials. Paul Krugman has a freaking, you know, Nobel prize and he's a moron. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But a lot of, yeah. So does a certain, right. And uh, so, well, well, so, but there, there's even more uh, kind of disagreement and uncertainty around uh, Bitcoin and blockchain technologies. So this concept is such a hard thing to get an educated take on of if something like this would even be a good idea. And I guess it really boils down to how you feel about Bitcoin, right? Like there, there's people like Brian who are successful and experienced uh, investors and are very well, well-versed and educated in Bitcoin, in blockchain, in how these things work and what their potential usages are. 
And there's people like Peter Schiff, which we talked about Peter a little bit on the podcast because he's um, incredibly intelligent from the financial side, but he's just super down on Bitcoin. He thinks it's there. There's nothing there, right? He's a Peter's a Schiff. If you don't know about him, look him up. He's a big gold bug. He's like it's physical. It's tangible. It has uses beyond currency. It's used in electronics. It's used in all these ways. So, like, there's a reason that uh, legitimate good reasons that gold has been valued by so many, uh, you know, different civilizations for so long. Um, right. You know, that's not a fluke. And so his thing is, you know, that, that Bitcoin it's, it's ones and zeros, it's electrons moving back and forth. There's nothing at the end of that mm -hmm. rainbow. Um, and, and again, I, I, you know, I keep pointing back to Brian's book. It does a much better job of, ex of overcoming those arguments than I would make here, you know, just trying to, to parrot it or paraphrase it. Um, so really it boils down to, I think it would be better for our money if it were, if there was something of value backing it, if there was something beyond the full faith and credit of the United States there behind it. <coughs> yeah. And if it was, um, you know, where you could not just print more, like if you want to print more bills, you got to put more, more gold somewhere. So in the sense that if you. Um, if you believe in the pros, if you believe in the upsides of Bitcoins and you see that, um, that they're fungible, that, you know, one Bitcoin is equal to any other Bitcoin, they're all the same, you know, they're interchangeable in that way and that they are scarce there, there can't be more of them. So the value should increase and the security of the blockchain, uh, you can't, you know, you can't, um, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for, um, Holy cow, I need to drink more Jocko Go. When you make fake currency, <laughs> Officer Mike, you are counterfeit. For the love of God, yes, counterfeiting. So you can't counterfeit a you can't counterfeit a Bitcoin, right? So I get where he's coming from. Like if uh if you're a Bitcoin believer, then it, that's that's every bit if not a, 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 like the the solid backing for the currency that like gold would be. But not, but not I mean, everybody agrees I, on I that. I really do get the argument. I think it's just one of those things where it's, um, I, un I understand the enthusiasts who push for it. I just, I personally don't understand Bitcoin well enough. It seems um, very speculative. He, well, here's so let me my, ask you this. Yes. So you just, you just spent, uh, I assume about an hour and a half, two hours talking to somebody who is a huge Bitcoin advocate. Yeah. Did you leave that conversation and want to go talk to a financial planner about uh, adjusting your portfolio and investments? I didn't want to go talk to my financial planner about it because I don't think my financial planner would want to hear it. Now, what I did okay. do, what, what I did do is, um, and, and this is a, a bit of a spoiler for a, a bit of a gag. Well, yeah, I go more into the gag of it with the Tuttle Twins guys next week. But um, what I did do was um, hop on an exchange that Brian recommended to me, and I bought some Bitcoin, and I transferred it to a wallet. Now, a little, because really, um, I, I want to, I just kind of wanted to see the process. It was just kind of that curiosity. But I'll right. say I'm, um, having read Brian's book, um, and I, I've heard the downside for a while. Like, again, I'm, I'm a fan of Peter Schiff. I, I just, I think he's wrong on, on Bitcoin. Um, but, uh, like, but I've heard the negatives. I've heard the downsides plenty. 
and not uh, until uh, talking to Brian and reading through his book uh, did I really get a solid explanation from anybody kind of, again, outside of that bro space of what it is and how it works and what the, what the upsides are and what the strengths are. And uh, I wouldn't call myself, uh, you know, the people who are like super pro Bitcoin and, and not even really so much into, you know, there's all these, there's like 9,000 different crypto coins and stuff like that out there now. They're not all, yeah. they're not all created uh, equally. And the people who are just like super rah, rah Bitcoin are called, well, they, it was Bitcoin maximalists and now Bitcoin maxis. Uh, and those are the people where, you know, you see somebody with their profile pictures, got the red laser eyes and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not there, but I'm pretty well, I'm pretty well convinced, um, that it's going to be around, that it is. Sol- I mean, it, it might be just that I'm in, maybe I'm an easy mark just because I do <laughs> recognize how broken our system is oh, and horrible. just there's, you can't point to any fiat currency in history that it, that is still in use or that has any value that didn't go through hyperinflation. I mean, the temptation to print money to fight wars and buy votes is just insurmountable. Like no, yeah. no, no government can resist it. Um, yeah, and, and that's the sad thing about it. I, and I don't, again, I think that, I think the Bitcoin thing especially is, is uh, there's a lot of value there. Um, my only experience with it that I can speak from like my, my own firsthand knowledge on the topic is I know that it is great for criminals because they can wash money super easy with uh, electronic currencies. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I mean, I don't, they, you could do the same thing with the casino, I guess, but I was actually just talking with our fraud detective the other day is the, the technology is changing so rapidly and, uh, the criminals are catching up and using stuff. It's 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 made it to the point where like fraud is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You know. Yeah. And they're getting away with it. Well, that's it's tales old as time, right? It's you build a better mouse trap, yeah. they build a better mouse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just I, I don't understand the whole mining thing though. Like I don't get how they. I don't. I don't get how they can steal the the, the coinage from your wallet, they can, your digital wallet. So, so we touched on that with Brian. They can't. Uh, all the so, if you're holding it your, yourself, if you, the money's not in an exchange, if you're in, if you've got like the wallet that you have, and you're the only person that has the key to that, and you haven't given anybody that key, they can't. Where you hear about okay. the coins getting stolen is all when they're held in these exchanges. So when it's in when when it's in the exchanges, or as I understand it, like even the wallets that aren't air gapped, if you're not self holding, those are susceptible. Um, but but where because so there uh, again, I don't want to rehash all of last week's episode, but it was, was say, good I, and it's I, worth I'm talking about again. And uh, you know maybe next time brush up before you come on the podcast. But um, <laughs> if, uh, but, Ouch. but there's but the, you know brian and i hadn't heard of this before he's on the episode but there's a saying in bitcoin of not your keys not your coin so basically if you're if you're not holding it in a wallet where only you have the keys the, the digital keys basically the password then they're not your coins because if they're in an exchange obviously the exchange also has to have access to it the exchange also has your your keys and so that's where yeah. those that's where the thefts come in i got you now, there's also, you know, in because uh, I've been reading up on this since talking to Brian, since reading his book and just looking at more and, and reading more, listening to more. 
there there is um, a lot of shenanigans going on in the rest of the crypto space that Bitcoin, as I understand it right now, isn't as susceptible to. And that's where you see things, you know, where like these different little tokens are created. They get pumped up really high. Somebody makes a lot of money. They cash out. A lot of people are duped. There's a lot of stuff uh, mm-hmm. going on like that out in that space. And the, and the problem is, and I talked to Brian about this some, like uh, Bitcoin just has such a marketing challenge. Um to, to overcome, and especially in that not all these crypto coins are created equally, but they all everybody thinks yeah. of crypto's crypto. Yeah, which that's yeah. I mean that's silly. You just to draw the real world comparison, right? Or even a an American dollar is not as valuable as an Iraqi uh, dinar. Yeah. So, nor, nor is it as secure, right? So that, that's I think kind of disingenuous. Yeah, so I, I'm super intrigued. I'm gonna keep reading more. I feel like I just scratched the surface with Brian. We we stopped somewhere around or just past the two hour mark. I could have done four or six with them. I mean, there there's absolutely stuff I wanted to get to with him that we just didn't have time for. And uh, you know, he 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 indicated he's down to come back on, and uh, I, I want to make that happen. Uh, you know, probably sooner rather than later. I mean, it's just you know while it's while it's fresh on my mind, and yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's there. Yeah. There's more there that I, I I believe now that there's more there than I than I ever did before, and I'll say, um, it, it kind of a great path to this. If you're if you missed last week's episode, or if you still had had questions, one like the, a great entry drug into just understanding this, whether you want to get into it or not, really is. And this isn't just because they're my guest next week. The Tuttle Twins episode <laughs> on Bitcoin is fantastic. I, I told yeah. I told them I told the guys this. I'm like it's it's the best explainer on Bitcoin as a grown man that I had come across prior to. I th- actually think I said that last week with Brian too. But that episode is the best explainer on Bitcoin that I had seen or heard up until reading Brian's book. But it's much more accessible okay. than Brian's. Brian's book isn't a bad read or or a, no, a, diff- sure a difficult read, but not as accessible as a you know a, a 20 or 30 minute cartoon for sure so it's like the other i mean that's all of total twins material it doesn't yes. matter what the topic is it makes it just easily digestible yeah whether it's the books the cartoon what i mean they're magazines they we get a monthly magazine for yeah. uh my son and it's phenomenal. Yeah, just they, the stuff they put in there. Yeah, everything they do is is such quality. So so it was so cool to have them on. But uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm a fan. I'm pretty well convinced. Um, you know, the wife being an MBA CPA, being pretty ingrained in their traditional world of finance. Um, you know, I would say it's probably a little more skeptical even than I was, and I tend to be pretty naturally. Uh, skeptical. Um, but, uh, th- that was, you know, she listens to the podcast or at least so she'd have me believe. <laughs> and, uh, so today I was like, well, yeah. uh, I said today, I was like, have you listened to that one yet? She's like, no, but just, she's like, I just, she's not a multitasker. She's not like, she's not a podcast while she's doing other things kind of person. So she'll do, I don't know how you do it. Too. She'll do that with kind of pure entertainment stuff. Um, but she's like, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it while I was doing other things. So I had to, I had to switch away. She's like, I couldn't retain any of it. So uh, I'll be real interested, um, to see kind of where my wife lands once she's listened and read the book in in particular. Cause like I said, uh, Brian just does a a great job, uh, of laying out the case for Bitcoin in, in the book and addressing common, common questions and kind of overcoming, um, the arguments against it's, it's solid. It's a great read. So. 
I, I'm going to have to check it out because this is a, it is a topic that I am woefully ignorant on. And I, I, so I'm really not participating much. I mean, I just don't really know that much about it. And I know I joke that I'm happy to pontificate on things I don't know a ton about, but like, I literally know next to nothing about this. So yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to venture, venture, uh, uh, even a loose piece of speculation on this. So yeah, well that's, that's where I'm I was at. Definitely have to start. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it's, it's one of the fun things about, uh, about the podcast though, is like being in, you know, if I want to know something, you know, I can read a book and watch a documentary. I can read articles. I can watch YouTube videos or whatever, but now like mm-hmm. having the, having the podcast as a weapon in the belt, I'm like, well, can I, can I find somebody who actually knows about this yeah. to come and talk to me? Absolutely. And it's beneficial to me. And then hopefully also good listening. I mean, it's true. It's absolutely true. That's what, uh. You know, actually, I find it pretty interesting because we always kind of I do this on purpose, actually. I think we've even talked about here about how much of a stickler I am about wanting to know generally what we talk about. Yeah, I make fun of you Um, for it all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's well deserved. But I do it for a reason, because like uh, I don't want to be completely ignorant and then just sit here and be like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. Don't know anything about it <laughs> because I like I, I don't know generally the topics so that I can at least read up on them and, yeah. and kind of like know a little bit about what we're talking about because you know I might have read something about the Dallas Cowboys and you're not going to be able to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. You don't know, you know what I mean. You don't know what I can talk about. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know my friend. <laughs> I know. I know well enough listen, to know that. Listen, one. I, that's I, why I use that one specifically. I I know enough to know that they're an easy target for mockery. I know that. That's about all I, you know. I know that everybody from the rest of the league likes to mock them. Uh, so. well, we hope to change that eventually. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, okay (laughs) that's my point though right like you are a man of just many and varied interests and you know quite a bit i'd like to think i'm a little bit of that as well um but just to ensure for good listening that there is some overlap and some communication and to share points you know i want to know what we're going to talk about so i can brush up on it i don't like being ignorant about the topic uh and to be expected to talk about it you know what i mean well in the spirit of that let's move on to something in your wheelhouse which is you know, I apologize. I wasn't trying to make you transition on that. No, no, that you, you, you actually teed up uh, a great segue that you now just interrupted and ruined. So, um, <laughs> but you know, as, well. as not just a, a professional law uh, enforcement officer, but as um, an experienced and accomplished investigator, um, someone who, who leads other, a- someone who <laughs> leads other investigators, <laughs> I'd like to yeah, run, that's true. I'd like to run a hypothetical by you. Um, okay. I want to let's see what can I use as the setting here. Um, you know, maybe so. So the setting for this scenario is um, a government-owned building. Um, maybe maybe like a city hall, or uh, maybe let's make it. I don't know, like the governor's mansion. Now. If someone were to find in the governor's mansion, say, some amount of an illegal substance, like a narcotic or something, maybe like some amount of cocaine, like out in the open in, say, and it doesn't have to be the governor's mansion. It could be some other, uh, like, well-known and very public-facing government-owned building or residence. Um, 
in in that kind of setting in today's surveillance state of technology um yeah. in your professional capacity as an investigator how realistic is it that uh you know the whatever the law enforcement agency would be uh, that would have jurisdiction over that and let's for the sake of this hypothetical make it one of the most highly regarded respected capable uh, law enforcement agencies in the really in the history of the world does it seem at all plausible to you again as an investigator someone who who testifies as an expert in in court cases about investigations um that that investigative agency that police body would not be able to determine who that illegal substance belong to or that they could at least arrive at that conclusion with remarkable speed. Yeah. So something and the whole thing doesn't add up, but I can, I can tell you that uh, obviously I don't know all of the facts of the case. And, and uh, usually we all know what you're referring to, even though you try to keep it ambiguous. <laughs> I thought um, I did a fantastic job. Thank you very much. Oh, you did it. I was very misled. I didn't know what you were talking about for the longest time until I finally put two and two together. Uh, it's the investigation side of me. You know, I put it all, I, I pieced it together. Um, yeah. I mean, without knowing the full facts of the case, it's really hard to say, but I mean, I would wager in this particular instance, it just doesn't add up. I mean, there's probably not an inch of that building that's not under some form of surveillance. And for them to say that there's no fingerprints and no DNA on the thing, like, come on, really? Yeah. You think somebody would like freaking nitrile gloves handle that? Uh, white powdery substance the whole time and then dropped it like there's none really and also I, it blows my mind that we have significant crimes like all the time and because of our intake policies like they can't test for DNA for I mean some significant like in many cases because this would be like a, like touch DNA um, in the state of Florida that have to be like a that have to be like a murder for them to test for touch DNA. And yet for them to have ruled out that there was no DNA, you're telling me that they tested this baggie of cocaine for touch DNA, like independent of that, I'm just saying to myself, like, man, what a, what a tremendous waste of resources to really, because really, I mean, I bet if they gave a urinalysis to every board member or politician in there, they'd probably all pop hot. <laughs> I've got very little faith in our government at the moment. Um, uh -huh. But regardless of that, back to your, your question is, uh, I do recall reading uh, about that and that where it was located was supposedly, it's been commented on that that particular area is under heavy surveillance. And I find it hard to believe that they would not be able to identify who put it there or yeah. who dropped it. So uh, maybe that's just been handled internally, but there's so much freaking corruption in that white house. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, who's really surprised that, that that's how it went when you've got all that other, uh, all the other mini scandals that are, that are hitting the white house and no one really seems to be talking about them. You have giant, you have admissions, right? I mean, you, that was one of the articles that you sent was the, the Burisma CEO admitting that he paid off the Biden family. Yeah. And we're, there were there were further reports um, 
from I, I can't remember which congressional committee right now that they they have like legitimate uh Biden family. Again, I haven't seen these, so we'll see. Like you gotta put your money where your mouth is, you gotta corroborate it. I mean Schiff, right. Schiff sat there for, you know, what, a year, 24 months saying they had the smoking gun on, on Trump's Russia collusion and it was a big fat nothing yeah. burger. There was nothing there. So, I mean, put up exactly. or shut up. But the, re the reporting at the end of this week was that um, they've obtained like Biden family, like banking documents that show the transactions that show tra payments coming out of yeah. Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, it's the house oversight committee yeah. is it's on the, it's on their like government website that they're talking about all this stuff. Um, and it's corroborated. I don't know how it's corroborated. I didn't dig down into it like that, but, um, it's pointing to different LLCs and stuff that, that has got, you know, creepy uncle Joe's name all over it. So when Trump pontificated during the debates that he might just be the big guy, well, it's looking more and more like, yeah, he's the big yeah. guy. Well, and so, the, these, but, you know, let's indict Trump for yeah. whatever. Well, and the, these WeChats of hunters, you know, I'm sitting here with my dad yeah. right now. And uh, I mean, just straight up extortion. Right. right? And yeah, um, absolutely. It, it would all be disgusting enough. It would all be troubling enough if a sitting vice president was anybody can have a crap kid. Right. Like you can do everything oh, right. Absolutely. And your, your kid can be an absolute yeah. turd. Right. I mean, take right. it, take it back to, to John Adams. Right. Like everybody knows about the son, John Quincy. Right. But not all his kids were winners either. Right. And so, right. um, but it's not that it's like, um, Biden hasn't like, so you could maybe give Biden a pass on Hunter being a scumbag if he didn't embrace right. it and condone it, but he does embrace it and yeah. condone it. He does keep it close to him. Uh, he doesn't mm -hmm. seem to mind it at all. Um, but right. so it would, it would be troubling enough if, uh, you know, a sitting vice president's child, somebody in their immediate family was trading on their name. And yeah. that this all happens to some degree anyways, right? Like, People Absolutely. ending up on boards and getting corporate positions or getting admitted to a particular college, uh, right? This mm -hmm. isn't this isn't that right. Um, it, it, this was like wielding and peddling influence is what the accusation is here. So, the, yeah, the, if exactly. it was just the son, it would be bad enough. That it seems like there's direct involvement from him would be an additional level of disgusting. I mean, certainly at the very least bordering on treasonous. Um, I completely agree. And I, I think, you know, it, it's one of those things like if I were king for a day, man, I would change federal statute in reference to misuse of a public office and make that like death by firing squad. I'm, I'm so angry about the corruption and the abuse that happens. I think actually the, the biggest problem that faces our country and besides the divisiveness is we have completely lost faith in our institutions yeah. and it's that's that's really where it all begins right yeah. like i don't trust anything that comes out of the white house at least right now and honestly even as much of a, a trump supporter as i was really didn't trust that much uh, that was coming out before because yeah. it was all just a crapshoot as to whether or not it's biased well, of course all of it's biased right i mean but, it's just what's been of bias 
I mean, here here's kind of where uh, this line of information, this new information coming out with, um, you know, whistleblowers coming coming out about the issues with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not being allowed to go after Hunter like they normally would have been. And these these right. aren't right wing operatives, right? Yeah, um, it's it's everybody. It's rank and file. The the Burisma stuff, the new financial documents, but here here's what has really been making my blood boil lately. Um, is so you start to hear all this and it starts to add up and it's hard, innocent till proven guilty. Sure. But man, there's a lot of smoke here to not be fire, a lot of smoke. And what really pushes me over the edge is the thought that if, if our support for Ukraine has been driven by this family wanting to keep their secrets in Ukraine secret, Oh man. Yeah. Uh, there there's no the implications are significant yeah. if that's true. Yeah, if all of this is true and and Russia were just to have run roughshod over Ukraine and have access to anything and everything uh, yeah. You can see why the Biden family wouldn't want that. And when there's right. lots of reporting around there was a peace plan on the table very early on in this war that we hit the brakes on that we yeah. told Ukraine not to take. Yeah. Dude, man, I tell you what, it, it, it's exactly what I'm saying. It's just, I mean, how, how do you, how do you trust when there's so many different things out there? I mean, it, it maybe we're just, victims of the information age it's always been like this but just now everything is so transparent because all of uh you know social media you know you have you have uh just individuals that can push out news on social media but then how do you tell the the misinformation from the information you know just like how do you how do you trust the government when all of that stuff is out there where there's smoke there's fire right like i could see why you get all these conspiracy theories yeah, it's it, it's gross, and it's it's not looking good. And well, it, it pisses me off because if there was if the roles were reversed, put Trump back in office, and there was look at how much the Democrats did with how little they had with with fabricated issues like the Russia collusion yeah. and how they went after absolutely after Trump as an individual, his family, his administration. The Republicans are such freaking paper tigers. They talk so much smack when this stuff comes out, and they don't do a freaking thing about it. And I, yeah, I'm, it I'm so wonder. sick of all these these, uh, just all of them, uh, just protecting yeah. their reelection. Yeah, like give me somebody who just doesn't care. I don't care if right. I get reelected. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, I don't. Uh... I mean, you made a good point when you're talking about like the proof will be in the pudding, right? Put your money where your mouth is. Um, if they've got stuff, like why aren't they doing doing something with it? Yeah, and I mean, how, how many times? At least, how many times did the Democrats impeach Trump? Was it three? Two, I think. It was more than once. It was definitely more than <laughs> which once, which is abnormal yeah, to begin with, less. and yeah. with less hanging over him. Than they have yeah. on, on Biden and the and the Biden family right now. Yeah, currently, currently. Yes, 
That's what I don't understand. Like there, there is certainly enough to warrant a significant investigation. And it's just so silly. The, the whole thing, it just doesn't make any sense. And I'll tell you, like I haven't, I haven't been particularly coy with my own political beliefs or leanings, but I've been, I would say, fairer on the podcast than is my natural bent. Right? You talk to me Mm -hmm. off air a lot, and it's a different conversation. I give more benefit of the doubt on the podcast than I probably do in my day to day beliefs in my conversations with my closest friends. Right? Um, Agreed. Because I, I see no reason to unnecessary. I'm not going to say things I don't believe on here, but I see no reason to be tossing bombs and unnecessarily uh, alienating listeners who might otherwise stick around. And again, we don't do politics all the time. So if my take isn't your bag, just stick around and I'll be back to talking about something else next week anyways. Um, <laughs> but like for the longest time, like it, it's been such an easy target to mock Biden's gaffes and he's been gaff-tastic for as long oh, as he's man. been in office. The whole time. Um, how he ever got elected when he has like legitimate plagiarism, like known proven plagiarism scandals in his background is beyond me. Yeah. Um, though I guess there was yeah. enough like questionable moral stuff about Trump's like how did he get elected either? So fair enough. Oh man. <laughs> we overlook, oh, we overlook all kinds of garbage in our, in our politicians, but I was always willing to give him a pass in this. Like, Hey, I talk on a mic for two, you know, on a long week, maybe three hours a week, and I gaff on here, right? And so, sure. counterfeiting. Um, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks for keeping <laughs> it real, buddy. Um, you're you know, it's so, but imagine like you're recorded just 24 7, like you're never off camera, you're never off mic. You're going to have gaffes, you're going to misspeak, you're going to, oh, you know, what absolutely. was uh, what was Obama's one where he said like all 56 states or all 58 states or something like that one time? I'm like, I'm I'm almost never the person to roast a politician on things like that because I I just it just makes sense to me. I get it. So, yeah. you know, it's been, you know, a pretty favorite target of the right like just to go after uh Biden, you know, for senility and and whatever. And I'm like, "Ah, he speaks a lot. He's, you know, you don't ever really overcome a stutter like that's all that potential's always there and you're always kind of gating that and keeping it back and his stutter was legit and whatever um the, that man has dementia i'm i'm done oh, trying to play middle of the road uh, yeah. so many clips over just the past few weeks when he had the president of israel in the overall oval office with him and he's sitting there basically talking in his sleep the number of times he's exiting a room or leaving a stage and does not know where he's going Again, before I would have been like, well, I mean, maybe it's the first time he's ever been there. Maybe it's the third stage that day. Who knows? It happens in the White House. It happens in the White House. Now, listen, from the outside looking in, the White House seems big and grandiose. If you ever go do the White House tour, which I've done, it's not that big. It's not near as impressive as you think it's going to be. If you get the rare chance to tour the West Wing, which I have, it's not that big. Small hallways, low ceilings. This isn't some place you're getting lost. This isn't some place you need the visitor's map for. Particularly if you live and work there. It's not happening. He's right. got dementia. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I, I agree with what you're saying. The, the the substance of it being like everybody's going to make slip-ups and missteps. Um, it's the frequency with which these occur and the severity, right? It's both. 
it's all the time. And it's just like clip after clip after clip of him just nonsense, Yeah, you know? And I don't understand, like, why are they running this man again? I don't see it happening. I, I'm actually curious, your thoughts. I mean, um, you think RFK stands a chance? You think Newsom's going to come swooping in? You think they're going to stick with Biden? I think Newsom... I mean, he is an easily controllable puppet. I don't think... Uh, I don't think RFK is a real challenger. I think he's eminently more qualified than Biden. Yeah. I think I'll say this, uh, you know, if listeners follow me or follow the podcast on Twitter, they'll, they'll know I've, I've made this comment a few times recently. Uh, RFK is not my guy, uh, you know, and stop. But <laughs> um, he's eminently more qualified than Biden. He's eminently more qualified than Trump. Um, would yeah. I vote for RFK over Trump? Um, dang, that'd be a tough one. I I'm, I'm probably a no on, on guns alone. And I do have some other issues with him, but man, that'd be a tougher vote to cast. Um, but would I, would I vote for him over DeSantis over man, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is looking and sounding good. I don't know if he's the real deal yet. I don't know. Um, I really, want to see how the primary debates go in August, uh, man, because it really feels like DeSantis is losing a lot of steam. Yeah. Trump seems to be picking up all of it in the polls. Uh, but I think once you actually get the candidates on the stage, DeSantis is going to shine in that setting. And I don't know how Ramaswamy is going to do. I, did I say that right? Ram- I don't know. I've in my, I've been saying it wrong. Ram- <laughs> yeah. I've been saying it Ramaswamy. I don't know. Um, um, anyway, I, we'll see how he does. I, he's an unknown to me. Yeah. I actually was confusing him with Bobby Jindal. Um, somebody was asking me the other day, and I'm like, I think that's the old Louisiana governor. I think he's right. <laughs> so I don't even know. I, I, I'm pretty <laughs> so, sure this makes you racist. I, I will have to. Ch- right. I'll have to check. I'm sure. I'm just if, canceled. If you're on the left and you're listening, DM us. Let me know if Mike is racist now. Um, <laughs> and I will. He will. I think that probably does qualify. Yeah, he will of course but, be disinvited uh, from the podcast. Um, yes. For all. So just. Oh, just wait, is that me. all I had to do? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, no, man, I, I, dude, I, I tell you what, you, you listen to him and he's saying all the right things. He's just such an unknown quantity to me. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I've said this. Um, I, I, I've been leaning towards really liking, uh, what I've been calling at least in my head, the Joe Rogan standard. Like I've been getting closer and closer to not being willing to vote for anyone who hasn't sat down with Joe Rogan for three hours. And the point mm-hmm. isn't that it has to be Joe Rogan, though. Joe's a great interviewer. Um, but it's, I want to hear these people in a long form podcast with an intelligent person yeah. sitting across the table from them. Uh, right. now is this because I run a long form podcast and think I'm an intelligent person? Yeah, maybe a little bit open door to all the candidates. However, um, like Jocko would be fine. Like a Lex Friedman would be fine, but it's just in that format, you can't hide and you can't do talking points, not for three hours. It can't be done. No, you have to actually know what you're talking about. And especially somebody like Joe breaks down barriers, right? Like Elon Musk, isn't going to sit and like take a hit off a joint with anybody else. That only happens yeah. with a Joe Rogan, right? And oh, so man. like Joe, he puts people at ease, right? Like yeah. you're in his house, you're just there with him and Joe's 
And so, hanging out with your friends. Um, but so I'm really intrigued because again, I, I've been pushing this on the podcast. Um, man, if you're not on Twitter, you gotta be there. Like Twitter's where all the action is now. And so I literally watched the interaction on Twitter of, um, like just in this series of tweets, uh, somebody throwing out Vivek needing to go on Jocko. Jocko's like open door and Vivek replies, I'm in, and that's going down. And that happened because what? of Twitter. So him, oh, awesome. him sitting down, did I say Joe or Jocko? Jocko. You said Jocko. Yeah. So him sitting with Jocko for what, I mean, we all know Jocko will go five if he feels like it. He'll go five hours. Oh yeah, that'll you, just keep going. You can't hide. Yeah, no. You can't do talking points. So that's going to be real, real telling to me. And I've been, I've been super pro DeSantis. Um, and, and I still am. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm happy with the state of things in Florida. Not everything's perfect. Um, no, I've, I haven't met a perfect politician yet. Um, so, uh, but if he can't get it done, I mean, that's, you know, I wanted Rand Paul too, but that was never going to happen. So, well, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, yeah. you know, this is the whole cycle is pretty early in the whole thing. So I'm, uh, I'm very interested to see how it goes yeah. and it, it's just too early. You know, it's so funny because I keep reading these articles. It seems like the left really hates Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Really hate. Like I yeah. thought they hated Trump, but it seems like they're they're showing a lot of hate to somebody who's you know still well, in the primary. And, and it, not, it makes me wonder. Not that this would be intentional on DeSantis's part, but um, if you've got a, a little bit of this scenario going on, right? Of like if you're playing against Jordan, you got to decide if if you leave him, you know, man to man, and let him pick you apart, or you double team him, and now you're opening up somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder if DeSantis has just pulled so much coverage because Ramaswamy has got a little surge going on now. Like he's basically come up, yeah. he was pulling at like 1%. Yeah. He's pulled up even with, yeah. and is looking like he's going to surpass DeSantis now. And I, I think it well, was just past Pence already. Cause yeah. Pence was number three. I well, think, I in, mean, uh, okay. I, 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 I'm not opposed to correcting myself on air. I don't often have to do it. I, posited the hypothetical question earlier of, is there a more boring human being on this planet um, than John Kerry? I actually like Mike Pence. And Mike Pence gives him a real run for his money. I don't know. I, so do you, you remember the uh, the vice presidential debates? Yeah. With him and, and Kamala? Yeah. I thought he did well. Every I, every time I've seen him, uh, you know, I, I, I like the man. I, I don't dislike him. I don't have I'm a, not going to vote for him. I don't have a well, vote for cousin Ron first. I don't have a problem with him personally. I think he's, but I don't have a problem with Jimmy Carter personally. I think Jimmy Carter is a good man. I think he's a good man who was a oh, garbage yeah. president. Um, yeah. And so I, I think Mike Pence is probably a good guy. I also think he's a, just an absolute milk toast, not a single original thought in his head, run of the mill Republican politician, not even particularly a conservative. I don't think he's going to do anything to clean up administrative agencies. I don't think he's going no, to do yeah. anything to bring spending under control. I don't think he'll operate as a physical, as a fiscal conservative. I don't think I, I, he's just, he's just boring. I, I disagree with you on that last point. I think he's a lot like Mittens. I think he's a lot like Mitt Romney. I think he would be fiscally responsible, but I don't, I don't think he'd be much more know, of a man. conservative beyond that. I think he'd probably be more conservative than than W was. 
Like both both Bushes, they were Republicans, but they were more progressive than conservative. Yeah. Like progressive isn't unique to the left. Um, no. So no. I think he would. He I would mean, really, more, the progressives started with the Republicans with yeah. Theodore Roosevelt anyway. But yeah, I just he doesn't have the juice. It, it, I mean, he's just. I'd rather watch paint dry. No, no, no. I, oh yeah, no. I'm, so my point was is that Vivek is now polling higher than him. Yeah. So I think when I when I checked him yesterday earlier today, I don't remember when I read the article, but it's he's polling at like seven low sevens, I think. Yeah. And Pence is high sixes. Yeah. And I, uh, I just yeah, Trump's um, fifty and DeSantis is twenty. Uh, Vivek, he's he's young. He's a good looking dude. He's sharp, mm-hmm. like he's intelligent. Um, yeah, he's a like he's good on a mic. Um, in yeah. a way that well, we I mean, haven't. We need some vitality in the yeah. office. That's what we need. I, I want to. I haven't like seen or watched if he's got like a polished stump speech at this point. I'd like to see him deliver it. I haven't seen or heard that. Everything I've seen is is clips and interviews and stuff like that. Because I want like we love an orator. Right, like I want Obama, fantastic orator. Like Obama can deliver yeah. a freaking speech, man. Um, you know, sure. and Reagan, fantastic orator, incredible communicator. Mm-hmm. Like could could bring it. Um, and I'm, I, you know, not that though that that's um, in and of itself makes someone a great leader. Uh, but I missed that a little bit, and the public response to that. Well, I like that. Like Trump, he doesn't need money he doesn't need fame he's good to go dude's worth like 500 million dollars yeah. right like yeah it you know this isn't a get rich scheme it's not you know he can't succeed at anything else so he's in government hashtag bernie sanders um <laughs> so which hey, to, right. to bernie's credit he should have been the democratic nominee oh yeah it should yeah, have it should, yeah multiple times and you know, it was always funny where I'm like, well, I, I think I guess I'd rather have Biden. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if Bernie could have been worse. He he could be. He's an actual socialist. He could have been worse. Um, we said that that's the thing, but like so much of what he would push, I would think would get overturned by the Supreme Court. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, like the student loan thing. Any which way. Hey, it's uh, it's getting late. You want to switch on to something else, or you want to stick on politics? No, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Um, I do like I, I do. Th- we've kind of breezed past RFK a few times here, and it's funny um, because yeah, I, I was saying off air like he's this poster boy for the Overton window. Just in that, mm-hmm. you know, you rewind five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, and. Uh, you know, nobody on the right would be like, "Oh, listen to this guy," <laughs> right? Nobody conservative would be <laughs> yeah. like, "He just just run to the mill," you know, Democrat, whatever. But now, like the party as a whole, uh, you know, has shifted so far left. I mean, you look at the quote unquote squad in Congress, and um, you know, and just all of these crazy policies, and just all these things that would have been unthinkable even to the left. That's like their battle cry now makes RFK look like this incredible breath of fresh air makes him seem almost right of center, which the dude is not. Uh, But what's funny, what's funny is like the left has so changed their position. They've so shifted on the political scale on the political spectrum that an OG Democrat that's like, no freedom of speech is sacred. They're like, okay, well, whatever Nazi. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) 
What? It's so this dude who so eloquently this week sat in that congressional hearing and defended freedom of speech. I mean, did as good a job as anybody right, left, center, or otherwise. Um, Oh man, the Democrats hated him in that too. And how glorious was it? Now, now listen, America, if you're not from Florida, you probably haven't disliked Debbie Wasserman Schultz as long as Mike and I have, but, but we've disliked this vile, evil woman for a long time. Uh, how she remains in office is just beyond me, but she literally began this hearing that was a hearing about, um, government (laughs) suppressing free speech, government censorship, and literally began the hearing trying to censor RFK. Yeah. She wanted she wanted to take the, the committee in a closed session or whatever. Yeah, she wanted to take the mini committee into executive session, which means it's no longer public. Nobody gets to hear his testimony, uh, yeah. anything else. So she began the meeting trying to censor him. And then yeah. spent which, the re- Yeah. Spent the rest of the meeting talking yeah, trying to say that this censorship isn't happening and doesn't doesn't exist. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, really. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's it's we're in bizarre world, man. I so, don't even know what they think of it at all anymore. But I mean, you but you look at RFK, and so it's like you can see the draw to the guy. One, he's like strong and virile, like looks like a leader. Like this looks like somebody yeah. you want to follow. Um, he speaks well. It's such a bummer. It, the dude would be almost unstoppable if he didn't have the issue with his voice that he has. And that's got to be in infu- I was just about to say. It's got to be infuriating oh for him. And there, there's, a, there's a name for that affliction. And sometimes they don't get their voice back. They can't talk. So he's lucky that yeah, he can yeah. talk. But it, right. like if you don't hear, if you can't see him, he sounds old and frail. And in the meantime, yeah. like in real life, he's taking his shirt off on Muscle Beach and doing one-arm push-ups. You know, it's got to be yeah. just infuri- – I'm sure he's thankful that he can speak, but it's got to be just infuriating to him to have once had a voice that didn't sound like that and for it to be gone. I know. He'd be darn I, – I, he, he might be darn near unstoppable if he had – if you could overdub him with Mike yeah. Rowe, good luck beating him. Oh, man, for real. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, he's got the name, you know. I, I, it's yeah. I, I, it's the one thing for me is like I, I'm I'm fascinated by the spectacle of it all, uh, but it's like I, I cannot stand that man's voice. It's yeah. like nails on a chalkboard to me. So so it's so he he's not my guy. There's several key issues that I don't like him on. Uh, you know, I don't trust him on the Second Amendment. I think we're probably on opposite sides of abortion. I haven't heard enough about where he falls fiscally though. Um, the, the takes on Bitcoin this week, which was not just floating, uh, trying out backing the dollar with Bitcoin, um, because something's got to be done. There's this new, uh, economic coalition that Russia's trying to form and they're talking about doing a currency backed by gold They're like the dollar's under fire right now. There's, and we're just not guaranteed. Talked about it last week. There's no guarantee Mm -hmm. or reason that it should remain the reserve currency of the world. Um, you know, oil, for instance, was always traded in gold. Now they are in dollars. Now there's several countries that are, are using, uh, alternate currencies other than dollars. Like the dollar is under attack right now. And, uh, yep. you know, the, the rise of a competing currency that is backed by something like gold, um, is certainly an additional threat. So that was interesting, but he also floated, 
uh, exempting Bitcoin from capital gains taxes, which is funny because nobody really knows what to do with Bitcoin right now. Not, you know, yeah. taking it back there, but it's, you know, they want to treat it more like a, more like a commodity or a security than a currency. You know, it's like if I, if I exchange dollars for euros right now and the euro happened to go up against the dollar and then I exchanged them back. You know, so maybe I, I take a hundred bucks, I convert that to euros. When I convert it back, I've got 110. Nobody's trying to tax me on that extra $10. But with Bitcoin, if you do that, if you, uh, you know, if you get your, your Bitcoin at, you know, one, well, like right now, Bitcoin's right around $30,000 for one Bitcoin. So it's like, if it goes up and you sell it or you use it for something at 35,000, you're going to be taxed capital gains on that $5,000 that it, that it went up. So it's treated more like a commodity or security in that sense, um, you know. So, so him wanting to exempt it, so he 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 does seem a little more keyed in maybe than uh, the average politician or the average Democrat. But I just still don't know fiscally where he's at. Like we've got to get our fiscal house in order, or we're done. Absolutely, we're Absolutely. done. Absolutely, um, you know. It, it's yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. I the 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 economy and the debt are the biggest issues for me right now. Yeah. I think, uh, from a policy standpoint, so, like that's 99% yeah. of what I care about. So what I like to see him be the democratic nominee. Yes, I would just because in a roll of the dice of who knows who's going to win the general election. Uh, I'd rather him be the quote unquote, I'd rather him be the, the outcome rather than Biden. If, if that was the, yeah. the, the other side of the aisle. Um, me saying that, that I would prefer him is part of the reason he won't be the nominee, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> because people of my political ilk would, would prefer him. Um, and I do think, you know, the, the party, uh, is, is doing a great job of painting him as crazy and a conspiracy theorist and, uh, a, oh, yeah. a right winger oh, and a wolf in sheep's clothing. So, um, I don't know. I, I Gavin Newsom's a real threat. He'd be tough to beat because he's really pretty and he presents himself really well. Um, it's a man who can give a speech and snap out in the eyes. He, he's, yeah. he's obviously just a career politician, right? But like so many of them are. Yeah, I don't. But, uh, yeah, I don't I, think I crap shoot, man. I don't think he'll primary Biden. Um, now, if if it's determined Biden's just not going to proceed due to age and health, which is entirely likely. It ain't mm -hmm. going to be Kamala. Oh, she, I mean, so I was actually reading the polling stuff about this. She's losing to everybody in theoretical matchups. Yeah. Like at least a Biden Trump rematch is, is going generally for the most part, depending on who's polling it. Um, for the most part, Biden wins those or they're close. Kamala loses to everybody. Yeah. Like, well, even in the Democratic, you know, my dog could run for president. Yeah. she's losing to him. Well, even in the Democratic primary, she—I can't remember the exact number, but she uh, never carried more than single digits in the Democrat. No. Like the Democrats didn't want her. Like nobody likes her. Um, like, I mean, I, yeah. I know vice presidents don't really get a lot of action and whatnot, but like, where's she been? Yeah, and even though the jobs that they've given her, like she hasn't done them, you know. Dude. She was, was in charge of the border crisis or whatever. When, in charge of air quotes. When you hear the clips of her speaking publicly, oh, good lord! So cringe. Oh my gosh! So cringe. Have you seen any of the videos where people splice it together like side by side with clips from Veep? No. 
Okay, that's the first thing you got to do when when we get off the pod tonight is go find. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. So if it's not by if Biden is not for whatever reason is not the nominee, I suspect it would be Gavin Newsom. I, and that, I think, that's, be, that, that's my money. On. And I think he, I, I think he'd be real tough to beat. Um, I, I think yeah. I don't think Trump beats him. I, you know, I don't know. I actually I read something today actually, and this this goes back to like uh, everybody hates Trump so much, or they're so quick to hate on Trump. I read something today that a, po- a new poll came out um, just today that said independents prefer Trump over Biden overwhelmingly it's like 70 to 30 like that 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 much of a, a difference huh. and i want to say it was from harvard harvard yeah. i didn't I, read like the you know the, the how factual you know the sample could have been like 100 people i don't know but uh i thought it was interesting so i i don't see any way i mean i'm no professional political strategist but I, to me if newsom's the nominee then the the whole campaign has to be a just slightly more sophisticated version of don't California, my America. Like you've just, you, whoever, whoever, whoever's on the ticket opposite him has to do such a great job of educating the entire country of how poor, truly how poorly California is run. Absolutely. Um, And you've just got to hammer that and hammer that and hammer that. Be like, is this what you want in your city? Is this what you want in your state? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. I, I was watching, not that this is a California thing, but this is a deep blue state thing. And I just don't understand the mindset behind this. I know you can tie a lot of it back to uh, like Soros DAs, which has been for what they're trying to do, man, they've been incredibly successful. Um, but I, I saw a clip just today and this was evidently like the third time this guy had done this. This was out of a Home Depot um, in, um, was it in Hawaii? Let me, hang on. Let me see. Let me see if I can find this. Cause I don't want to misquote it, but it's, and you see this in all kinds of different settings now. Um, mm-hmm. but it's these guys, they've got face masks on, which thanks for that COVID where you've normalized just somebody having their face covered. Um, but right. sometimes they don't care, but these guys, Clipping those like cables, like bolt cutting those cables that they usually in in these stores, filling the Home Depot carts up with power tools, Milwaukee power tools, not even cheap ones, and walking out. I mean, just straight theft. Corporate policy: the employees aren't even allowed to call the cops. Yep. You know what? To be fair, though, that that happens here as well. But how, like we actually prosecute that ca- that crap, don't we? Yeah, but I mean, it goes like so. Yes, but um, it's corporate policy, right? Like so, uh, it's just I, I, I won't I'm trying to think of whether or not I should name names to encourage theft of specific merchants because I know <laughs> some merchants just they just get just straight up raped, and their corporate policy is such that they would rather eat the loss than than lose. The money or expend the effort in um, trying to prosecute. Because you got to think about, you know, you're losing the store manager for X number of hours to testify in court and whatnot, all this, that, and the other, versus the bad publicity, versus the liability for an apprehension. You know, it's all these things that they weigh. Um, I mean, you did hit on the, the DA thing, right? Like, 
So if you're, if you want to talk about, um, California is like decriminalizing petty theft, which is mind-bogglingly silly. Um, that's independent of these different corporations. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Lowe's, Lowe's is an example that we have a Lowe's in our city, and uh, their employees aren't allowed to call nine one one. Then the only exception I believe, because they have, is when it's a known shoplifter that they have had at least three active cases against that person. And they're calling to get them basically identified. They just assume they're going to shoplift. They've entered the store. They would like them stopped, trespassed. And then the information turned over to the, uh, the loss prevention manager. But yeah, like they don't call. They call three weeks later when the whole case has run up the chain. They determine, yes, we want to submit this to law enforcement. So here's our statement. Here's our video. Here's what we know about this person. It's, it's crazy. I don't understand it. I, I don't see how. Um, how these companies can eat the loss. Well, I, I do know how because they're passing the cost on to us, which is all well and good. I well, suppose we're all paying it. Or, or they're just exiting. I mean, you're seeing this in California, like with the like Walgreens, CVS, those types of chains. They're just leaving. They just can't do business. They are, yeah. Or, or they're putting up those... What was it that was put up the, uh, the, the theft-proof store, which basically you can't go in the store. Like you walk up and talk to somebody behind the counter and then they pack your hurt yeah. for you. It used um, to be, you remember when gas stations would crazy. do that after a certain hour at night? Like you'd just go through the window and the <laughs> yeah. clerk would go in and get stuff yep. for you. It always felt so ghetto. Uh-huh. Uh, but well, yeah. even then, there was video floating around a week or two ago of a guy in, it looked like a CVS to me, but all those stores looked the same, right? Dude had a had a torch, had like a, a, a torch to cut open one of those anti-theft cases inside the store. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And everybody's just watching him I'm do it. Surprised. Now, what I think we're going to see more and more, and I'd be interested to to see this where where you if you've experienced this where you are, the stores might not be willing to, and the DAs might not be willing to prosecute, and stores might not be willing to call. But the people are starting to be over this crap. And so you're starting to see not that people are seeking it out, so I don't know that it rises to the level of vigilantism, but I'm starting to see more and more videos where just customers in these stores are refusing to let the people exit with the product. I am personally not seeing that, but this is Florida, and we don't have that big of a problem here. Like being, we have a huge problem of it being blown off, by, the, by especially the Ninth Circuit where we are. Um, but I can't say that Anecdotally, in my experience, there's a ton of that. And as you know, I'm an anachronism, and I'm not on social media, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, nerd. Um, or not. I don't know what that makes you. Just a troglodyte, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, call me whatever you like. <laughs> I revel in it, actually. I love the fact that I'm... I, you've got me darn skippy close to getting on Twitter before. Dude, I'm telling you. I'll tell you that. Uh, Twitter's so much fun. And now Elon's just throwing money at people, just just massive checks to these people for revenue ad share. Can we talk about Elon Musk for a moment? Because I, I like I really hope this super fight between him and Zuck happens. Man, I really hope I don't, that happens. I don't want it to happen. I mean, there's a part you of me. There's a part of me. Zuckerberg's going to just choke him out real quick. I just don't want Elon to get Is hurt. I don't, I don't. Listen, listen. Here's the problem, right? You got to weigh the pros and cons, right? Uh, you know, what, what's the risk reward ratio here? Would I love, absolutely love to see Elon Musk lay out Mark Zuckerberg? 
Yeah, I would. More than most things. I mean, that'd oh, be yeah. just glorious. <laughs> just to watch yeah. that just privacy invading little nerd robot. Happens. Yeah, like Elon's huge. Like you see pictures, he's a big dude. <laughs> Yeah. And Mark Zuckerberg is very well trained though. Yes. Well, so he isn't, he isn't, he isn't. Here's my thing. I, I I don't know. So like people like to play up Zuckerberg's like uh, jujitsu prowess. Right. And, and that's legit. Like he's, he's, he's evidently taken jujitsu very seriously and has even uh, like, I think Tom Hardy does this, but he'll like low key enter a tournament show up without mm-hmm. people knowing he's going to participate and does well. But when it's all said and done, dude's a blue belt. So he's not, he's not Jackie Chan. <laughs> not that Jackie Chan is, is real either, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it, it, it's, not, I know what you're saying. it's not like he's a Gracie. Uh, I mean, right now, right, right. now I, I know enough. Obviously I'm not, I've, I've taken a few jujitsu classes. I wouldn't even call myself a, a white belt. I did like the introductory courses, classes, whatever. But like I'm, you know, a moderate fan of MMA. I kind of get this stuff. So to somebody with no jujitsu, a blue belt might as well be a black belt. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, like, where can Elon get to before they fight? Right. I I don't think he has. All you got to do is get him to good. There's such a size and reach disparity. If you can just give him good takedown defense, if you can just teach oh, yeah. him to sprawl, yeah. and if you can just keep throw, just put him on his back, keep putting guys wiry, fast little guys on top of him, and get him really good at getting up. Just make sure he doesn't mm-hmm. give up his arm or his ankle and get up. Stand up, stand up with him. Let him hang off you like a monkey. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, teach him to shrimp. Teach him how to get up from his back. And and teach him how to sprawl, teach him how to defend against you know uh, takedowns, and if he catches Zuckerberg, he's going down. So yeah, but all that to say, as rewarding as it would be, um, to see him like, I mean, just imagine, just like slow motion spit flying through the air, like movie style. Like Zuckerberg being laid out, just think how satisfying that would be. And it's still not worth like any kind of brain injury to Elon. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I was just looking up the the disparity in their size difference. The, the height is not actually that different. So it, it's it's different, obviously. But Elon is six one. Zuckerberg is five seven. And apparently Elon weighs between 185 and 200 and Zuckerberg weighs approximately 155. So the weight is huge. The the weight is huge. And That's huge. I mean, you're tall. We've talked about it on here. You're a, a big, tall, handsome douche. And so how, how tall are you? <laughs> I am six, five. Okay. You're six, five. I'm, I'm five eleven. So our disparity is only slightly bigger than theirs. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like a child. Like when I go in for a bro <laughs> hug with you, like I'm nestling my cheek on your bosom, do, trying, trying for all I'm worth to still do the guy bat pack. To, like do three pats on the back to feel like a man. 
when instead you're just like gently cradling me in your arms like the child that I am. Caressing the back of so, your head. <laughs> dude, like that's not an insignificant height difference. And what that auto- almost automatically translates into is a significant reach difference. No, that's and true. So, that is true. And a, 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 an advantage and leverage. Now, so is Mark going to be faster? Probably. Um, mm-hmm. If he takes him down and gets a hold of him, does he get a submission? Probably. But if Elon catches him, whew. So there's an age gap there, too. I didn't realize this, but Elon is 51 and Zuck is 37. Eh. So that kind of plays into it as well, too. I think. But I mean, you you look. I at, really want to see this happen, though. I, I I get where you're coming from with the brain injury thing, but like, uh, man, I, I just want to see this. Yeah. I think it would be very entertaining. I don't think humanity can afford for Elon to be concussed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ho- probably not wrong. Hopefully, he he'd have the the wherewithal to tap quickly to a uh, to a submission. But I I just I I don't. Uh, Dan, I want us to go to Mars. I want to beat China. Oh, I, I don't want Elon real. to have a concussion. Yeah, no, and the stuff that they're doing is uh, is pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just mean, I just want that gladiatorial arena. You know, yeah, this would be yeah. very satisfying. Yeah, because I'm positive. I there's no doubt about it. I actually had this argument the other day. Elon Musk would would tear him up. I, I just think I don't think you can overcome that weight difference. You know, not you would have to be so significantly well-trained to overcome that gap. Because to your point, like I, I don't have a ton. I went to about a year's worth of classes and then I fell off of it with COVID. But I remember I talked a friend into going with me and he had about uh, 40 pounds on me and I couldn't, I couldn't even bump him. You know, I couldn't get him off me. And I, I'd had a year of going multiple times a week. Yeah. I, I couldn't even, you know, it, it's just like you're, you're, it's that, that's how much of a difference that makes. Well, and, when and I'm you, not like out of yeah. shape either, you know? No. And, and you think about it, you know, we've talked about, uh, about it on the podcast before with various guests, like this description, this mindset of, of jujitsu or MMA being high level chess with dire physical consequences. Elon mm-hmm. is somebody who you look, you see the way his mind works, the way he solves problems, the way, the way he looks at problems and solves them in very unusual ways. I think Elon with jujitsu in particular would, would take to it and pick up jujitsu very quickly that you, yeah. it's, you got to put time in on the mats and that's where like you couldn't really catch up, but I, I don't know that it would, it would be an insurmountable gap for him depending on when this quote unquote okay. fight would be booked. I just don't know. Right that it's worth the risk. I want to see Mark Zuckerberg knocked out. I want to see Zuckerberg choked out. I want to see Elon just lay on him with that giant body of his and Zuckerberg not be able to move. Uh, Elon Elon said he had this great move, the walrus in his repertoire where he just lays on his opponent uh, because he's hilarious. That's what I love about him. It's yeah. He's poking fun at himself. Yeah. And it's like, it's the, it's the best. I don't know why Elon Musk gets so much hate. I just, I really don't understand it other than just like his ideology, I suppose, what draws the attention to it. But he, it's so, he's very self deprecating. Yeah. You know, he's very, for somebody who is as ridiculously wealthy as he is, he is, he seems like a very approachable person. Yeah. And then maybe that's a shot. Maybe that's a front, you know, but 
when you're that wealthy, like, do you really have to put on a front? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to find out. I'd like to open and invite. I'd like to find out. You know what? Elon. Maybe you'll have him on one day. Yeah. One day. Well, I maintain, open invite. I maintain, and this is, this is said with, with all due respect, but I mean, the Babylon Bee got him. The Babylon B is legit. Though, oh, dude, man. they're, I mean, they're yeah. killing the game. They can't take anything away from those guys. No. Oh yeah, no. I love I love them a lot. But I thoroughly uh, enjoy the B. So you know, to to tie topics together here, our president did manage to string enough coherent words together today to call for Elon to be in guest investigated for his not accusing him of being guilty of anything, but thinks they're you know. That his his relationships with other countries at least warrants uh, look uh, looking into. I had not seen that, dude. I mean, I, I want. That's also pretty funny coming from the Biden White House. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, it's kind of that 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 inverse law of politics or inverse law of the left. I can't remember who I've heard say that. Maybe like James Lindsay. Like whatever they accuse you of, know for sure that they're doing it. Oh, absolutely. They, they, it's 100% projecting. But, That's all they're doing. Man, this, um, this administration's like willingness to weaponize the Justice Department and investigation stuff, man, it's scary. They, I mean, they, it's gone all the way back, though. Like, you could think even in the end of the Obama years with the 2016 election. Yeah. All the FISA court violations and whatnot. The fact that they were spying on the Trump campaign, I mean, they've, they've been doing it. and Or or even before, uh, take, take the campaign out of it with uh, weaponizing the IRS against uh, conservative organizations. Yeah. They've been, that's why Trump was talking about draining the swamp, although he never did. Yeah. That's, that was one of the big talking points in well, 2016. That's a, uh, uh, the many reasons I'm so annoyed with him these days. Um, you know, all the things that he's back on the campaign trail saying like, elect me and I'll do this thing. And it's stuff he said he'd do the first go around. I'm like, well, dude, you, you didn't. Yeah. What, so why, yeah, like, uh, no. you know, like, uh, <laughs> you had your chance. Um, you know, ending a birthright citizenship, which you don't have the authority to do. You, you can't, you can't get rid of, yeah. get rid of, it's a constitutional amendment. You can't get rid of that with the, an executive order. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, so, but, uh, you know, uh, back to Elon, it looks like they're, they're legit going to be shipping cyber trucks by the end of this year. Where do you come down on those? You're a truck guy. I am a truck guy. Um, they're really not my cup of tea, but, uh, whatever, you know, have you looked at the spec? Like if you couldn't see it, have you looked just at the specs of it as a truck though? So I do recall, golly, this was even going so far back as Josh was still on the podcast. You guys talk, this was like the second time I was on, we talked at length about the SVT lightning versus the cyber truck or something like that. I don't care. I think the cyber truck's like the ascent. I wouldn't buy it. It could be the best thing since sliced bread. I, I would not own one. Yeah. I don't care. I think, you know, having owned trucks and considering myself a truck guy though, I'm without truck at the moment. Just, just even quote unquote little things like this is a full size four door truck. Like you can fit five grown men comfortably inside 
with a full well, six behemoth, isn't it? With a full, it's, like, it's massive. No, no, no. Here's the beauty of this: full four door, full size truck with a full six foot bed fits inside a standard two car garage. You're you're not going to go by, you, uh, because they don't have engines taking up space, dude. They've got electric motors, so the front, so though. the whole cab is more forward in the footprint. So the thing's only like 19 feet long or whatever. You can park it in a standard two-car garage, but still have a full-length bed. See, for some reason, I thought the dimensions on the Cybertruck made it so that it was wider than the average vehicle and it was almost the width of the standard American lane. Ah, that I haven't seen. So I know there's differences between what the production model is and what that initial prototype uh, were. But yeah, you maybe that was that's very dated. Whatever yeah, I just said, you're getting a lot in the form factor. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. I've never been super turned off by the look of it. Um, it wasn't what I was initially hoping for from Tesla, but I've kind of come around on it. Like I saw other mm-hmm. renders of like this is what we would have wanted a Tesla truck to look like. I'm like, oh, that kind of would have been cool. And I, but at the same time, so many of the trucks do look the same now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at the new Tundras, and if you couldn't see the badge, you'd think they were a Silverado and vice versa. Um, I, I get it. I just, you know, so it, listen, if you if you want to say, like, if I were to buy a truck tomorrow, it would be like an Overland version of a taco. That's what I would buy. Yeah. I just, I like Toyota, I, you know, as a Ford guy, I like the Toyota Tacoma. Yeah. Um, and I, I like their, their specs and their their ability to be heavily modified to do many off-road things. I think that's really cool. And, and I, at the cyber truck also as a huge sci-fi fan, I appreciate what they're doing with the cyber truck. I just, I don't like it. I would buy it for that reason. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's just my whole thing. Yeah. I, I just, I heard Elon talking about it at one point. He's like, it like anybody can make a truck. If it won't sell, we can always just slap a different body on it, which you kind of can't because you know, they, the way they yeah. do their frames and stuff, he's like, we could make a truck that looks like every other truck. And if people want that instead, then we could do that. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I'm like, all right, bro, you do you. Hey, I hope he's successful. Evidently, I hope the damn thing sells off, sells out. Like they haven't released their numbers, but there's like unofficial trackers that put it at like 1.9 million pre-sales. Now, of course, that's not real until it's time to to pay the piper. Uh, but it certainly seems like there's a decent amount of interest there. I hope so, because I thought I read something not that long ago that Tesla was losing money. No, they're killing like it. The, it was losing a little bit of luster. No, they just they just did their earnings report. And what's uh, it's funny, because for whatever reason, the market didn't hear what they wanted to hear. But it's like they're, they just did their earnings report this past week, and they like beat all the projected metrics, everything. everything. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Great. So, I mean, yeah. Elon's just one of those people where Drudge in particular, uh, right? Like um, Drudge has never seen a negative article about Trump that he wouldn't post. And he's never seen a negative article about Elon that he wouldn't post. I don't know. Or what. DeSantis I'm starting to see. Yeah. A lot of yeah. So, stuff. Which is funny because when you look at independent ratings of the Drudge Report, it's always been more centrist anyways. It was like center right, but yeah. it wasn't ever right, which people made it out to be. Uh, just because, right. you know, once he broke the Monica Lewinsky story, you were, he were going to be right wing for forever then. And so it's, uh, it's, it's got, it's certainly center, if not center left these days, but he definitely, there's no love lost for, for Matt Drudge with, uh, with Elon. And mm-hmm. so, and you know, any article on Elon or Tesla or any of his companies is going to get you clicks now. And so there's, there's haters out there that still think Tesla's going to zero. Okay. 
Yeah, which is silly. Absolutely silly. I think what I read, though, was something about earnings. And I don't remember when I read it. Yeah. And that, that's the problem is by, again, going back to why I want to know what we're talking about so I can refresh my memory. But I do remember reading something about uh, an earnings report not going uh, the right way. Uh, and that they've taken some kind of hit. But but that's true for like all these companies. I mean, yeah. you look at Disney right now with the whole like uh, the streaming services. Dude, like Disney's spent all that money. Ham- and the park's been uh, empty as hyperbolic, mm. but empty for Disney this summer. That doesn't happen there. Yeah. Uh, well, hell, when they're charging as much as they are, yeah. dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez. Dude. They've priced out even like upper middle class. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Bob Chapek made a lot of bad call. I'm I'm not a Disney adult. I don't ever care to go to the parks. Um, we have Disney Plus. We've very we filter. We have it because they have the Star Wars properties, because they have the Marvels properties, and then I have to heavily police. We watch a lot of their children's stuff, but a lot of it's the older stuff or Bluey. I have a police. I can't let the kids watch just anything on there. Um, no. you know, which is part of why we love things like Bluey and Tuttle Twins, where I don't have to worry about what's going to pop up on there. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I, there's no love lost between, between me and Disney, but just their, their movies have been tanking their, their parks are overpriced. Mm-hmm. They, they pissed off their base because they took so much away from their season pass holders, things, you know, things that used to be free. Mm-hmm. They started charging them for and, uh, you know, when your base is mad, you're in a bad shape. And so, like, Bob Iger's back trying to right the ship. And even this past week, like, he kind of sent shockwaves through the organization just in an interview, basically indicated, uh, you know, that the TV properties would be up for sale. Like, the, the, market, yeah. the, the, mark, the way the market interpreted what he said right now is that they are for sale, you know. Uh, yeah. Nat Geo, ABC, ESPN. Uh, I don't see him. There's so much value in their IP, like in their properties. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it would be beneficial to them to go like to kill off Disney plus and go back to no, there's no like way. leasing rights. And I, yeah, they no would, way. they'd be so dumb. You know, I don't, I don't think they would give up rights to star Wars rights to Marvel. Um, he's not, no. he doesn't seem crazy about the streaming business though. And, well, that's not his. That's yeah. not his background. So he got yeah. his start at ABC. I mean, hell, he got his. I actually, I didn't know this. I read this the other day. He got his start as a weatherman. He was a weatherman at ABC. That's amazing. Freaking crazy of how yes. he. Well, I don't. I'd love to read a biography on that man. Um, but they're they're not talking about selling their their streaming services or rights. Although I have heard speculation, they're talking about selling the whole company. Um, they're talking about selling their linear linear programming, yeah. like uh, ABC, the yeah. channel, like the, the actual cable channels. Yeah, That's ESP, what they're talking ESPN about should go. If they can find any buyer, they should take whatever price. Oh, man. Yeah, because yeah. you can turn all of that content into streaming content yeah. easily. So, but yeah, he's he he's not a fan. I don't know. And Disney Plus hasn't been the giant win that you would assume. I the, at least that I would assume right? it would be. I mean. They've yeah. got the best intellectual property, the most valuable intellectual property between their own Marvel and Star Wars on the planet. Like anybody yeah. would kill to have that catalog. If you can't make mm-hmm. that profitable in a streaming service, uh, you should be fired. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I so. completely agree. I don't know how they're. I don't know how they're not doing it. Well, on that note, it, it would make any sense. It wouldn't be a microdacted episode if we didn't talk a little bit of Star Wars and uh, Ahsoka. 
drops on uh, Disney Plus here in uh, about a month, August 23rd. How are you feeling about this? Bro, I'm super excited. I think I've talked about that before. I'm, um, I've made it pretty clear, I think, in talking Star Wars stuff that Thrawn is one of, if not my favorite character. Um, this certainly is a bad guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm really interested to see how they pull this off. And I, I actually am as much of a reader as I am today because of Star Wars books and the uh, Thrawn trilogy. Heir to the Empire being the first book is a huge part of that. And uh, it looks like they're borrowing heavily from those storylines. And I, it's going to be amazing. This is what the sequel trilogy should have been. Not any of this First Order Ray crap, yeah. but this. And it looks like that's how it's going. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, well, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you wanted a female lead, which, I mean, again, like, I just hate when things like that are driven like the diversity drives it rather than that. If this is the best story we can tell, then do that. Right. Yeah. And that absolutely. was, that was like just sitting there waiting for you in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so it didn't have to travel a ways to get to it. Right. So when Disney bought it, so you got to think about the property when Disney bought it season seven, Clone Wars hadn't come out yet. Rebels hadn't come out yet. And Ahsoka's story arc, was really like she was a popular character in Clone Wars, but when Disney bought Star Wars, she was just a popular character in one show. Yeah, and I don't think she'd gotten the fan base that she's got now. Because I mean, season seven of Clone Wars was still like freaking amazing. I, I will say like, some of the best. In, you know, seeing the previews for the show now and watching her white lightsabers light up, it's dope. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to see this. It's gonna be good. I think yeah. it's going to be good. There's some stuff I don't, I'm not really keen on. Um, I, I'm get, I'm kind of worried that it's going to be uh, maybe a little too focused on Sabine. I was really hoping this was going to be like a live action Rebels, which it looks like it will. But if they put too much emphasis um, on the Rebels crew and less about like the overarching story, uh, I think it's going to take away. And I, I don't like how they've made Sabine apparently force sensitive. Because she was so clearly not force sensitive in Rebels, I don't, I don't, I don't like them kind of retconning that. And it's kind of interesting too. Is that, the, I, I is, caught, that um, the, is that the one senator that's helping fund things? No, Sabine is the uh, Mandalorian chick with the colored hair. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so she's the uh, uh, she had the dark saber in Rebels, and then I guess at some point lost it, or, or no, I think she gave it to. Uh, Oh, now I'm spacing on her name. Uh, not much. Me- See, uh, that's what you get for mocking me for counterfeit. I know, right? Bam. I, you know what? I'm just being a professional about it. I did that for you, my friend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> scholar and a gentleman. I am, right? Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes, though. I'm I'm very excited. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. And, uh, man, I, it's a shame Ray Stevenson uh, won't be around to make any more because I'm sure they didn't kill his character off. So I, I'm curious to see how they're going to play that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, ex- I'm hesitantly excited for it. I, I don't know. Most of the live action star Wars stuff they've done. I've been happy with, I, I know people have hated on some of it, but uh, I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm kind of probably around the 50th percentile here. I think some of it's been really good. Some of it's been mediocre. I thought Endor um, was fantastic. 
It was, I thought Andor was really good. It's, it, I think I said Andor, but Andor, yes, was one of the, which is why you're the Star Wars export and expert. And that, but, <laughs> um, some of the, uh, again, which it's the, you know, the backstory for, we've talked about it on here before. I mean, it's just some of the best Star Wars property, period. I, I loved everything mm-hmm. about it. I loved it. Was, it was gritty. It was different. It wasn't Jedi focused. It was, it was fantastic. Um, and then I can't remember if we've, t- we've talked Obi Wan. I was happy with Obi Wan. I didn't hate it. I mean, it wasn't, it, I, I don't, I'm, I've never been a big Obi-Wan fan. Um, it was okay. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I, so I guess I'm being maybe overly critical. You know, I'm not being like a super nerd where I'm like, well, I didn't care about this. When I got the lights, your colors were wrong. Um, I just didn't, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Okay. It was, you know, no, seven out of 10. Listen, here, I mean, you could have done whatever you wanted with the rest of it. But for me, like, and you know the the star, the broad Star Wars universe better than I do, but I'm like, you see the second battle between him and Vader in that series, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who who's more feared with a lightsaber? Who who could defeat that Obi Wan in the entire Star Wars universe? Hmm. If you're a casual fan, no one that you've been exposed to. Yeah, I'm just sitting here trying to stew on it. Like, gosh, who, like at that point in time, and <laughs> yeah, you're asking the nerd me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, and it was just full on beast mode. That was yeah. like to me that that lightsaber battle even more so than the one at the end of uh, is that Mustafar when he just lights Anakin up? Yeah. So even more so than that one has the same effect of like when you see Vader at the end of, um, Oh, what's the one, what's the movie I like? What's my favorite one? Mike rogue one. Rogue one. Yeah. So when you see Vader at the end of that one, that's when you're, that's when fans for the first time you really see like, why is the whole universe afraid of this dude? Like, right. like just picking people up, cutting them in half, just a bad mamma jamma, right? And you just don't get to, we hadn't really seen that Vader in live action before that. And I'm, I feel like you don't get an appreciation for how truly bad a man Obi-Wan was until that second battle in the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. It's uh. I mean, it was a good good scene too. And if you go on YouTube, there's been some fan edits for the movies and whatnot. So, uh, or or we're like doing new music and whatnot. Yeah, but so yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I've liked the live action properties. I liked seeing uh, Obi Wan be Obi Wan again. I was a little annoyed with Sad Sack Obi Wan, but they redeemed it. Uh, yes, but and yeah. I'm excited for what they have coming. If Iger doesn't kill it, that's what I'm a little worried about. Like I want to see Dave Filoni get to do a live action feature film and button up some of these, you know, animated shows and stuff like that. So hopefully that roadmap stays the same and it's good stuff. Um, evidently Ray's coming and back. I think in the, we're going to. Yeah. Well, evidently Ray's coming back in some of the movies. Oh, okay. I, again, I like. I don't even hate that. You I know? Liked, like whatever. Yeah. We'll see what they can do with it. Yeah, I like Daisy Ridley as Ray, so we'll you know we'll see. We will see. At the end of the day, that's what it's going to be, right? Like I was so excited for Boba Fett, that was kind of a letdown. That know? was of the live action. So that was the biggest letdown. Yeah. 
it was absolutely the yeah. biggest letdown. Absolutely. And it's such a shame. Um, and I really, I didn't super care for the way they wrapped up the end of the last Mandalorian season. What, but, uh, you see Pedro Pascal, he's, he's straight up come out and been like, it needs to be bo- like, they need to hand the baton off. Bo-Katan should be the focus of the show going forward. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how they did it. Yeah. That's how they wrapped it up. And that, um, what is he going to cameo in his own show now? <laughs> uh, or they just changed the title to Mandalorians. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just make it a show about those people. They've never been specific about who the Mandalorian is. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you could have, yeah, I guess. I, I and, don't know. It's just, and, it's a shame because that's been my fave. Well, and evidently, the it, farther they've been into the show, the less it's been him under the helmet. I saw that. I was reading a thing about that. And apparently, like, there's a lot of conflict. So it's just, uh, he does voice acting for that. Yeah. And it's just, it's somebody else. And I guess he can't do the stunts or something. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that. I thought I assumed it was more just because he's 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 hot stuff right now. I mean, he just can do no wrong. Everything he touches turns to gold. So, yeah, which I haven't seen Last of Us. Is that any good? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it either. I I haven't seen really. I haven't seen anything right now, bro. Listen, I still haven't seen uh, a night. You know, like paying a babysitter to watch two kids and going out to do anything. Like it's such an expensive proposition. I still haven't it seen. Really I still haven't seen Guardians Three. Uh, would love. Oh, that's good. Would love to get out and see Sound of Freedom. Haven't made it yet. Yeah, um, yeah just uh, you know, don't care if I get out. Dude, to you see- get Guardians Three is on uh, Prime. You can rent that on the TV now. Yeah, but I'm. I mean, it'll just be on Disney Plus at some point. I'm not gonna pay for it. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's fair. But so, yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Okay. Um, Let's wrap with this last thing. Let's see. I'm going to get your thoughts on this because I know right. you're a Ted Lasso fan. Do it. You have finished season yes, three? Yes. Yes. Thoughts? Um, I'm not satisfied. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just, I did not. Ha- I was not happy how they had. Yeah. That. We'll just insert spoiler alerts here. Um, it's been out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Like it was such a feel good show to begin with. You know, it was what everybody wanted and needed during COVID, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is when it first hit and they pivoted, but they just got, I felt like so far from their roots, there was stuff I liked about this season. Um, I love that they uh, found a way to keep, um, what's the reporter's name involved in the show? Oh, Trent. Yeah, Trent yeah, Cram. Yeah, Trent. Um, so I like that character. I love that they found a way to keep mm-hmm. him around. I hated the story arc. Um, with uh, we're just way too deep deep into the night. And I'm gonna forget everybody's uh, names now, but um, dang it, who was the kit man that went to be the coach and he was a jerk and blah blah Nate. blah. Yeah, yeah Nate, so Nate like the whole that whole story arc with Nate, just with the weirdness of him like angrily yeah. spitting at things and them not quite explaining it, and he went from jet black hair yeah. to gray real fast, and then yeah. They like put them instantly. put themselves in a position where the redemption arc had to be so quick. Um, yep. You know, there were some what I felt like were some forced woke storylines this season. We'll leave yeah. it at that. I don't think they did anything to further the story, deepen the characters. Um, nope. Even oh, I mean, we'll just go for it. like again, like Trent Cram being gay that. 
it worked. They didn't overplay it. It was whatever yeah, it made they, they sense. They did a good job with that. But to me in 2023, the storyline of like, there was a player, there was a closeted gay player and he was afraid to come out because he was afraid of ridicule. That just didn't hold up to me in 2023. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I don't think it would have been anybody would have thought, particularly in the English premier league that it would have been an issue. Um, yeah. So that felt a little whatever, but the storyline with Keeley was super unnecessary and did nothing to. For oh, her. it felt so forced. Yes, and then yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't want uh, like we all live in real life, so I, like I don't yeah. like the, I, I want the happy ending. So I want them to win the league, like give yeah. them the win. I want. I felt mm-hmm. like they were setting up like um, you know the ex-wife's boyfriend was being such a tool during the game. I'm like. Yes, kick him to the curb, and yep. though you don't deserve him, get back together uh, mm-hmm. with Ted. Uh, I I kind of liked Beard staying behind. That was fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I don't know. It just didn't. It felt unresolved. It felt like the end of Catcher in the Rye. Very un. Yes, it felt very unresolved, and I don't think they got the character of Ted right at the end. Like I thought the character was good. But I don't. I don't feel like his his happy go lucky kind of. I don't know Midwestern kind of self that that he has been the whole show. He wasn't in the yeah. final couple episodes. Yeah, and uh, especially there was the scene where he's sitting there. Rebecca sits down next to him, and she's trying to convince him to stay, and he's not saying anything. He's just kind of like looking around, and I'm like, this just it just doesn't fit. It's yeah. like they've just changed the character to like artificially wrap the storyline in three seasons. It just doesn't make any sense. And I, I know they're going for like that. He's a little bit of a broken guy and that's why he is the way he is. Um, I just, I didn't like it. And I agree with you. I think some of the, I think some of the woke storylines just didn't make sense. I didn't hate the gay character. Cause I, I mean, they made that kind of comical. Yeah. Not believable per se. Um, but Keely's storyline, I was like that. It's it's dumb. Yeah. It's just dumb. Like and to, why? It's to just do all that with that character and then not give us the payoff at the end of putting her like for sure with either Jamie or Roy. Like I think the spinoff is coming. Like, that's how why do you not resolve that? that? I I I would be so surprised. Because you know, Again, spoiler alert, it ends with Keely giving like the women's team to yes. Rebecca. Um, you know a spinoff is coming. You yeah. know it. It's just it's going to happen. There's just there's like no doubt about it. I haven't Googled it. I haven't looked this up at all. But like just the way they wrapped it up. I will say the one thing that I did like of all of the weird forced endings, um, making Roy the head coach over Nate. Oh man, I was so happy to see that because I thought for sure they were gonna make Nate the head coach. I'm like yeah. That doesn't. I mean, he just got back on the team, you know. So uh, now, I I like Roy a lot. I have said this, and I haven't Googled it. Maybe they're doing it, or haven't binged it. Um, But (laughs) so when it was on, as a matter of fact, I came to one of your Halloween parties dressed as this character. But did you ever watch the show Castle? Uh, No. So the premise of the show Castle was Nathan Fillion was playing this uh, author, uh, Richard Castle. And he mm-hmm. was following around a New York detective. Um, had made who he was buddy buddy with the mayor. I don't know. They played poker together, or something typical TV stuff. And so, like, he got permission to 
uh, basically shadow this detective and basically becomes like an unofficial sidekick and blah, blah, blah throughout the show. Hilarity ensues. But the thing is, like, mm-hmm. he's constantly working on these books throughout the seasons of the show. They had somebody ghostwrite and they released the actual Castle books, like by Richard Castle. You could buy them and read them. I might even have one somewhere. Um, they were okay. okay. But my point is this. Um, if they don't release Trent Cram's book, The Richmond Way, as an actual book that you can read, <laughs> they are morons. Right. Every Ted Lasso right. fan would buy that book and read it. Absolutely. If for no other reason than to have like Jason Sudeikis sign it and leave it on the shelf. Right. Like, oh man, that's a good point. Actually, even if, uh, you know, like I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, there's a part, one of the storylines in Parks and Rec is that Leslie has written a book that's like the history of Pawnee. I can't remember the name of it, which makes me a bad fan. They actually released that book. Like you can go to, you can buy that book. Oh, really? So this isn't unheard of. This isn't like a revolutionary idea. No, 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 no. Because I know you can buy like uh, Indiana Jones Grail Diary. You can buy that. Yeah. So So I just, I think there's all all different kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. They'd sell the crap out of that. So, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're probably not wrong there. So, given, given, that would be, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Giving that one out for free. So, V Doozer, where you at? Just, uh, you know, dedicate it to me (laughs) (laughs) when you release it. So, well, we've we All right, man, it's we, late. Yeah, I was going to say we've gone long. My my friend and yours our illustrious audio engineer Arthur Pipox is going to yell at both of us for uh for talking too long. He's got he, he's like I got to compress. Yeah, there's all kinds of sound words he starts yelling at me when I, when we talk too long. So, well, it could be worse. You could be working for Jocko. I, he's not really working for me. I mean, I I pay him in friendship and the occasional Jocko go and steak, so. <laughs> we love we love you, Art. So. Hey, what am I getting? I'm paying you to be here. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I used at... to get Jocko goes when I would come to your house, but now that we're doing them like remotely, yeah, I don't even get those. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll I'll load you up with a case next time we're next time we're in person. Oh man, I didn't mean to guilt you like that. I take it back. You're good. No, no I mean it's fine. You're paying for it anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it with your money. So. <laughs> So, oh man! Well, a good time as always, brother. Wouldn't have it any other way, and uh, always appreciated. Listeners appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with us uh, as you always do. If you haven't already, whatever app you're listening to us on, uh, find the follow button, find the subscribe, and uh, hit that bad boy. Maybe throw us uh, some stars, some thumbs up, whatever it'll let you do. That all helps us out with the evil algorithms. If you haven't been to the website, it's an awesome place to be on the interwebs. Solid7podcast.com. Solid, the number seven podcast.com. There's all kinds of fun stuff there. Merch and episodes and good causes to support. And uh, all of our uh, affiliate stuff is on there. Uh, you know, Tuttle Twins, uh, Origin Main, Jago Fuel, Go Ruck. Uh, you know, so get yourself something nice. Uh, we get to wet our beak a little bit and... Uh, the socials are on there. Follow us on Twitter. It's a place of joy and merriment. Magic. Magic. And uh, you won't find Mike there, but we're there on the on the reg. And uh, maybe one day. Maybe, maybe one, one day. day. We keep we keep trying. So, but uh, until the next time, listeners, we love you. We're out.
Solid 7 podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.